Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your host, Jay and Trey. And good evening. Welcome in. You've got indeed the kings of non-sequitur. This is the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you for a hot sports hour live on a Sunday night, July the 18th, 2021. I'm Dre. He's Jay. And what's usually going on in the middle of July in sports in America, baseball, the all-star festivities just took place. we got the trade deadline coming up in a couple weeks. Basketball, the NBA Finals usually are done by now, but of course with the pandemic, we had everything get moved around, so they're still going. Pretty damn good finals, as a matter of fact, uh, even though you got two teams that no one could give a damn about either way. Uh, and hey, it's you know baseball season, uh, shooting season, Olympic season, you got all sorts of things going on. Jay, what's going on? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, not a lot, not too much going on since the last time we talked. I mean, other than just the, the keeping things up to date from the things that we talked about on the last show and then progressing into this show. And uh, I will oh, hang on. I don't know if you can hear myself patting myself on the back for calling that Buck Suns final. Um, <laughs> but I did that. So yep. yay me for my, uh, you know, 10 minutes of not sounding like a complete idiot or, or bigger idiot when I talk about basketball. So yay. I actually have paid to watch. <laughs> It's amazing what you can take away from things when you actually watch the games. It is. And, you know, with the stars not being there, the bigger stars, uh, it, it made it more difficult to figure out, you know, who's going to come through it. Because you, know, you have no idea who's going to step up, who's yeah. going to uh, take the mantle and, and take charge. And, I, and to me, these, the finals themselves, uh, I don't know if you'll agree, this is kind of playing out the way I would expect when you got two teams and neither one of them really know quite what they're doing. You, you know, they you got one team that started out the first two games at home, took advantage of that, that uh, atmosphere and they got hot. And then the next two games were in a different place. And that team decided, okay, we're going to rebound and get our bearings and we're going to get hot. And then uh, game five just took place last night and it was a, a taffy pool for both of them. And, you know, it came down to a great defensive play. And, and that's usually how those things turn out. It's, you know, neither one of the teams have a, an advantage in, in finals experience, so you just kind of wait and see who's going to make the big play, uh, you know, when it, when it matters, when it comes down to the end. And, and last night it was the Bucks. Yeah, and when you have these sort of unproven teams both in the finals together, so we don't even have the storyline of the veteran team versus the kind of the upstart team where, neither, where, where, where one of the teams doesn't know what to expect. This is both of them. Neither right. team knows what they're doing and knows how to win in these spots. And – you know, they're sort of finding their way. And I, I got to give full credit to the Bucks the last two games for making the big defensive plays down the stretch to kind of take uh, these games away. Because, you know, w- without the big block from, from Giannis in game four and then the big strip of uh, of Booker by Holiday and then the alley-oop to, to Giannis, without those two plays, we could be finals over. Right. It could have been Suns in four. Or, it could, it well, could have been Sons in five. five, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> but instead, it's looking 
Um, it's looking like, you know, they, they're coming back here to Milwaukee and Phoenix has got to go on the road and win a, you know, win or go home game six. And, uh, you know, Bucks are in the position. You always want to be in that position of winning game five. It doesn't really matter, you know, what kind of a series it is. If, if you win game five, you, usually things are going to go pretty well for you. You got a shot. So I think it's uh, right. 70, was it 72% of the game five winners? That stat's been, been thrown around a lot. That's, yeah, that's you pretty, definitely don't want to go into a, it's basically, basically a best of three. And you don't want to go out yeah. losing the first game of a best of three because you have no margin for error at that point. And that's exactly. where the Suns find themselves now. Yeah, and, and as just from watching the games, um, it, it, I'm getting the sense as the series has progressed that the more I watch it, when Milwaukee is playing at their best, they're better than Phoenix at their best. That's just the way it looks. It just seems like there's way too many plays players who can contribute offensively for the for the Bucks, where it, the 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 Suns just seem to just stand around and watch Devin Booker. Right, and if, if Booker and Chris Paul are both kind of stagnant and and right. seeming like they're they're the the moment is kind of outsizing them a little bit. I, I don't want to say that they're freezing up or whatever, but it does seem like they after those first two games they kind of thought, okay, we got this. We know what we're doing. We got it down. We know what to do. And yeah. then the Bucks came back, and it's like, uh, now what? We, we don't have yeah, a counter. It's easy to move. front run, right? It's easy to have right. all the swagger. You're at home. You're, you know, you're you're beating them. You're, they beat them pretty pretty soundly in game one. You know, and and you know, held on and won game two. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Bucks go back home and punch back, and it's like they didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. That's that inexperience. And, yeah. And, and I mean, as much as I've appreciated watching uh, Devin Booker through these finals or through the through the whole playoff run and, and watching that game last night in the finals, I, I he's he's literally an offensive foul on every possession. <laughs> he, he is he's Michael Irvin on offense. He just literally runs up to dudes and just straight up pushes them out of the way. Pushes off every play. <laughs> Full arm extension. You know, two, three times on one play. I liked that there was, was one replay where uh, one of the commentators was talking about how he, you know, created separation as they're doing the, the, <laughs> the replay, and you literally just watch Booker push the other dude out of frame. Is that not or, creating separation? Come on. He definitely, cre- yes, technically, true. <laughs> he created separation. Um, I've always, in the NBA, that you can't get that full arm extension. You're not supposed to. And he was doing it two or three times on every possession, but he needed to. If he wasn't right. doing that, they had him pretty well locked down. And it was the two big uh, turnovers that he had where, where Drew Holiday had the two big steals. You know, first time he drains a three in his face, and then the second time it's the alley-oop that basically ends the game, um, where that, that sort of shoving his way around didn't work out for him. And it was a, I thought those were those two defensive plays were the plays of the game to me. Yeah, the defense wins championships. That's all I was thinking, especially last night in that that steal. I was just all I was, was going through my mind is yeah. it's a cliche. They say it all the time in every sport, but man, that's what it came down to. That's exactly how the Bucks won Game Five, and that's how they're going to win the series if they wind up winning it. Yeah, and, and you know you expect on that last play because it's only a, a, a three point game, I believe, at that point. Right. Then you knew the ball was going to go to Booker. So, you know, and Booker's just, you know, he's dribbling down and he's probably expecting, okay, I'm going to dribble to the, I'm going to get down to the free throw line. I'm going to shove somebody and <laughs> and then and I'll just take a jumper, right? Or I'll do something or I'll get out. But he gets in there 
I don't think he was expecting Giannis to wait to be waiting for him with the other dude. And then all of a sudden he turns around and there's Holiday ripping the ball right out from his hands. And uh, yeah, I I was I was into it. I was really into that game. And then the dunk, I didn't even realize he got fouled. Oh, if, if someone's in the air, you can bet Chris Paul is underneath him trying to push him somewhere because that's what he does. <sighs> yeah, which and then once you actually see the replay and you saw that basically just ran straight at his midsection, tried to push him off the push him off the ball. I'm like, uh, is that flagrant? It's dirty. It's definitely dirty. It is but. dirty. But then give give Giannis the credit for having the strength to uh, have another human being, another grown male, trying to push you out of the way midair and still have the strength to throw that thing down. He's an he's inhuman. And then Giannis get his own rebound. And then, he, and then he grabs his own rebound on the free throw miss and just does yeah, the mark thing back. and just taps it back. I tell you what. That's a genius play right there because you know if he catches that, he's got four sons. Yeah, he's going to hack him again. Yeah. I mean, this, he'd have him. karate chops. He'd be stabbed. <laughs> I mean, they would have done everything to him right there if he would have just jumped up and uh, and grabbed that thing. And, you know, he just tipped it back and they get it to Middleton and Middleton. And then Middleton bricks the first free throw and you're thinking, oh, boy. No. So, you know, then you're just like, oh, it's all set up. He misses the second one. Suns grab the rebound, go down, hit a three overtime, but it, it didn't happen. It's been, no. it, I'll say it's been an entertaining series that nobody's watching. Nobody. No. I, outside of Phoenix and Wisconsin. I don't know. And I haven't seen the ratings. I haven't heard a lot about these ra- finals ratings. I expected them to be poor uh, to begin with, but, but it's actually been, it's been a fun series. They're missing some damn good basketball, I'll say that. Um, the one thing I did here, maybe after the first two or three games, was uh, up from last year with the, you know, the bubble. Oh, the bubble, um, yeah. <laughs> but definitely okay. down uh, compared to a couple years ago. I was going to say, time. up from last year kind of feels like tallest midget territory. Correct. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> like, you know, uh, you're not up to your normal standard, but hey, you beat the year that everybody had COVID and they played a sham finals in a bubble. So <laughs> good, good, guys. Job, guys. good job, guys. Good job, guys. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> we, uh, well, we've, uh, we've had somebody that uh, has was immediately jumped on the, uh, the phone line as soon as the show started and they've held on oh. for 10 minutes. So they obviously have something very important they want to say, and we're glad that they joined us, so we're going to let them speak now. Area code 973, please state your name, where you're from, and what is on your mind tonight. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, this is Luke Klein from New Jersey. I saw you, um, yeah. yeah. Actually, I think I tried to get on the show before, but uh, time, didn't really, time didn't allow me. So, no, it's okay. It's not your fault. I, I get busy around here. So, anyway, um yeah, I didn't really think that it was going to go this far between the um, the Bucks and the Suns. I really thought that at first of the you know the Suns were going to going to sweep them. I thought maybe they just had too many weapons against the Bucks. But then the Greek freak of Middleton just stepped up, and I think it's becoming um, quite a series now. It didn't look that way in the first two games, but Milwaukee has stepped up their game, and now they got a chance to take their first title in 50 years on Tuesday. Hmm. Go yeah. figure. Now, if we now here's a question for you that uh, this was asked on another show earlier. If Giannis does win, would you consider him uh, a superstar in the league? Um, I personally I think, think he's think already he's, a superstar in the league. Already, uh-huh. absolutely. 
There, yeah, there's no doubt in my MVP, mind about that. uh, that's yeah, two time MVP, that's good enough for me. <laughs> and uh, does it on both ends, offense and defense. Yeah. I mean basically he's got one flaw in his game and that's his free throw shooting. But yeah, it's, no, nobody's perfect. Yeah, so, no, did Jack. so did Jack. So did Jack. Oh no, that was a horrible free throw shooter. Horrible. Yeah, Shaq was lucky. I mean, Shaq, Shaq would uh, salivate if he had uh, Giannis's 60% free throw shooting percentage. Yeah, that's like 10 times higher than him, or 10% higher. <laughs> yeah, he was in the 40s. At least. So, yeah, Giannis is definitely a, 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 an all-star and an all-pro. Yeah. He's, he's one of the best in the league. He might be... You know, he might be the most unguardable player in the league because, yeah. like, no matter who you have on your side, if you tell them to look at Giannis and go stick him, go go D him up, who's going to take that challenge and be like, okay, I'll do that? Who can do, who can do it? Who can I'll do it. I, I think Giannis' okay. problem, and this is why these shows have to bring this thing up, Giannis' problem is a geographical problem. Giannis' problem isn't that he's a superstar. Yes. Giannis' problem isn't that he plays for – he plays for Milwaukee. He doesn't play for the Knicks – or he doesn't play for the mm. the Celtics because the Lakers. I, I think Giannis is a, it's it's just a sort of, the people who tend to ask these questions on these shows tend to be your coastal guys, anyways. Um, no, so that's what that that's where it comes from. You know, there's there's that there's that tendency that if you know if you don't play if you're not in New York or in Los Angeles and you're not drawn the big media market that they well, forget to, about uh, you know. Talk to the uh, former Lou Alcindor, now Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who did play for the Bucks on that championship team. Yeah, and made a, before uh, my lifetime. <laughs> and made I a championship out of Milwaukee. <laughs> that's right. I, I appreciate that history, though. That's that's definitely the last time that it happened in yeah. Milwaukee was was Oscar yeah. Robertson Oscar and, and Lou Alcindor. Yeah. Big O, yep. And I was still in diapers. That was back in the time when a lot of the people watching these games would only see those players come finals time. You, know, you didn't have yeah. the media like you have it now. So then obviously. Oh, no. The media just goes just goes overboard. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the talking point. But, no, yeah, they could lose the next two games. And, and, and I think Giannis is still a superstar. Just the fact that he oh. took them to the finals, uh, you know, Go yeah. through the entire conference and, and make the uh, the NBA Finals, especially with the pressure on him having one MVP, uh, and then yep. the knee injury on top of all of that, which is the most probably the most amazing thing about what he's doing in these in these finals is when he hurt that knee, it was thought that that was going to be yeah, the end of the play. season for him. Yeah, and not only you know, is he still playing, he's he's excelling. And I wasn't I wasn't too down on the prospects of the Bucks being able to come back in this series because you know it's easy to forget, even though it's two weeks ago, that the Bucks had to win that game six and game seven. They had to, they had to find a way to do that without Giannis. So they do have other guys. Yeah. Personally, I thought if you didn't have Giannis, I thought you were a dead duck. Because they, they, they would not win this series. They wouldn't win this series without Giannis. I think they they caught lightning right. in a bottle. Beaten Brooklyn those last two games, but they clearly, they clearly need him. I mean, those oh, those, well, those two if it plays wasn't just... for that one little mistake that Harden made. We would have been there. Well, well, there, there's the uh, the Nets fan yeah. coming out. Yeah. You know, yeah, if Scott know. Norwood doesn't miss that field goal, your Bills are a Super Bowl <laughs> champion. I mean, we, you know, it's 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 yeah. easy to why, it's easy yeah, to why left by about a half a yard. It's it's all too easy to. You know, all these games are games of uh, small measurements, right? Inches 
and uh, right. somebody has somebody has a bad game in the wrong spot or comes up small. Obviously, if you're the Nets going into Game Six and Game Seven, and you don't close out that series against the Milwaukee team without the MVP best player on the team, got nothing. You got nothing. If only Harden's foot was not on that line, which I didn't think it yep. was on the line, but the refs call it that. Oh, I still on that think we yeah, got you know what the ref? I, I'll give the we talked about this on the last show, didn't oh, we? On about Durant, that ref, yeah. that, re, that, yeah, that ref was like he was on the spot. He didn't. There was no hesitation. There was no going to the replay. Yeah, if he was a if he was a size you know sixteen instead of a size seventeen or whatever he is, uh, they might be in the <laughs> finals. Yeah. So that was a hell of a series. Down, that was a good series too that nobody was. watched. Mm-hmm. Who takes it down, Lou? You think uh, you think Paul and Booker have a, a comeback in them, or you think uh, the Bucks take it off? Well, depending on who you ask, because you know, um, you know, the head coach today said, "If we're gonna, we gotta do all we can to force a game, force a game of seven. Monty Williams said that, and you know, I believe his, I believe his spirit. But at the same time, the Bucks have been much better at home. They have the door open. You know, they can close it up on. On Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. But on the other hand, on the other hand, I've seen three two leads been blown before. Mm. So you know, it's a, it's kind of like a toss up. Okay, well, fair enough. Uh, well, I appreciate your uh, your candor and your honesty. You sound like a, a longtime fan, and and some good stuff that you had there, and, and good to have you on the show. I've done basketball since before I could talk. <laughs> you sound like it. Yeah, oh, good. yeah. I've been well. I've been following the Knicks since uh, oh, let's see, it's 2021 now. I would say since uh, 74, 75. Uh, that's before us. We we didn't start till <laughs> uh, to the 80s. That's right. We grew up. We, yeah, we, we, well, we, we were at least we were, we were lucky enough to grow up in Chicago in the 80s with the Bulls. That that, that you get uh, lucky when you get to watch that. Lucky. Grow up, hmm. grow up in that. <laughs> Well, that was an environment. You know, it was an experience growing up with that team. Right. Well, I remember when the Nets first came to New Jersey. Well, I should say back to Jersey from uh, Long Island in 1976. So, uh, you know, I've been following that since then. I still remember the dumb theme song they had on our local TV station here when the Nets came to Jersey. That's a long wow. time ago. Yeah. I'm not doing the theme song. Uh-uh. No <laughs> way. I'm not going to make it. Thank you. I'm not going to do it. On, I'm not going to do it on national radio. Uh-uh. That's okay. We, the air. <laughs> that's all right. We, we're we're not asking for that. Uh, Thank God. No, <laughs> no. It's, it, I, I think the finals have been uh, very good basketball. I think the fact that the star yeah. the, there's not so much star factor, you know, without LeBron and and Steph Curry and all that. I, I think it, it, mm. there's a lot of people that that are missing the finals. Like we were talking about, the ratings we are very low. But if you're watching it, you're watching. Great team basketball. You're the watching guys that, that you, have to depend you know, on each you, other. Well, the thing is that you know people really pay attention only because uh, the way you look at it, it all depends on how large the fan base is too. Because not for nothing, but the Suns and the Yucks, I mean the Bucks, <laughs> don't really have a big fan base. Even as far as friends of the Greek Freak, you know that's where you get you know the Lakers, the Knicks, which is oh the Knicks yeah, it'd be good for the NBA, it'd be good for the NBA, and uh, but of course. Uh, the Boston Celtics run too thrilled about thrilled about that. <laughs> right. You know, they made some comments about that. I'm like, oh, really? Now, mm. 
Yeah, but I guess you don't see too many people wearing Bucks jerseys outside of Wisconsin. I don't see many Bucks jerseys down by you there, do do they, Dre? No, I definitely don't see Bucks or Suns uh, <laughs> no. down here. Right? No, it's, you're, no. That's why we were we we were or pretty even, quick to call this a regional yeah. finals. Uh, and that's what it for is. For the it's Packers, a, maybe, but for the Bucks, no. Oh, yeah, you know, Packers play everywhere. You'll see Packers stuff every. Packers, Cowboys, you see. What those. about the? Uh, what about your Brewers? I'm a Cubs fan, so. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I don't, I don't like the Brewers, and it kills He's me. My son does. It's just like stabs me. Well, I grew up in Chicago, so I, I'm a Cubs fan. So, fair enough. I guess you were thrilled in 2016, weren't you? Uh, yes. I, I so cried. was I. I. I cried. A grown man, I was crying. <laughs> yeah, I think I went to bed that night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do it till the next morning. I actually woke up, and when I realized it was real, that was when it happened. It was weird. It didn't happen. Well, that night, weird I didn't was, re- you know, it, it, nothing felt real that night. I was like, okay, I'm well, going to go to bed and wake up, and this was all a bad dream or a good a good dream, and then I was actually going to wake up in the morning, and it turns out they blew game seven. And, no, they, they well, really won. Well, what was weird was that, you know, it started to rain at the end of regulation, and it was after midnight here. I'm like, oh, how long is this going to go? Yeah. This could be till 1, 2 in the morning. Oh, we're going to be up all night. And I was on another podcast at the time. Well, actually – I'm still with the guy. We do it on uh, weekends now. But we were covering the game um, because it was, you know, the final game of the World Series. And, you know, people, uh, no matter who you were, you were looking forward to this game because this was history that you were going to see. So we stayed on until the game was over. And when that was when that final out was made, I'm like, oh, my God, it's a miracle. The Cubs have won 150 million years. It's all over. <laughs> it was an amazing night. Oh boy, it was. I was like, finally, it ended. All right, Lou, I'm gonna put you on mute. Thanks for uh, calling in, and and that was some good stuff. Good, good to hear from you. All right, uh, if you have time on Saturdays, uh, I host a podcast myself called the Enhanced Sports Show. Uh, we're on Saturdays. In your time, it's four to six. So my time, it's five to seven. Um, if you have time, call this following number, 512-543-4662. Once again, 512-543-4662. We'll cover the wrap-up of the finals, uh, opening ceremony of the Olympics. Uh, we've got some, we got some baseball, we've got some uh, hockey news to talk about, so it should be a fairly interesting and entertaining show. So if you got time, please call in. 4 o'clock your time, 5 o'clock mine. On that note, good night. Good night. That's from Lou and Jersey, a little uh, Jersey yeah. magic we had there. We'll have to uh, put a for a good time call and then the number. <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, with our uh, history in, in our eight years of doing this podcast, anytime you, you turn the phone line over to uh, an unknown yeah. caller yeah. And, and they kind of keep going for a while, you kind of get a little tense. And you're yeah, like, you're starting to wait Where to hear about like, Mike Mitchell stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some some draft party stories or yeah, no that that stayed that that was that was uh that was an old head on that was, point that was, a... that was on point throughout but yeah that that does that that is Giannis a superstar player boy that sounds like one of your that sounds like a bicoastal <laughs> question right that sounds like your running theme of the day on all the you know bad you know, bad take yeah on bad take or first in pizza or whatever they call it these days on any of these shows. Um, 
That sounds like that running theme that they would have. Oh, if Giannis wins the title, is he a superstar? Um, What if the answer's already yes? I wonder if that was one of the answers. And if there's anybody Uh, out there who said no, then then you know that was just to be, you know, contrary, because you're not watching these games. Like you, if you if you're watching the game, you know the answer because you can True. see it; it's, it's right there in front of your face. If you're not watching the games and you just go to the stat sheet, thirty-two yes five still games, yes <laughs> through five games of the of the finals. This is Giannis's stat line: yeah. thirty-two points a game, thirteen rebounds, and five point six assists. It's a really, really small list of guys that are going to be able to to compile that line if he goes on and finishes this thing off on Tuesday uh, and, and certainly would win the, the finals MVP award. It would not just be a good performance. It wouldn't just be a good performance for someone with a bum knee. Uh, it would be like a great finals performance. This is yeah. one of the great finals performances that you're watching with Giannis Antetokounmpo and yeah, nobody in their right mind is wondering if he's a star because that's just craziness. Yeah, and on the other side, you get to watch Devin Booker for the first time in NBA history put up back-to-back 40s and lose both games in the final. And lose because when it comes down to it, like I said, I'm watching that last play with Drew Holiday. I'm like, oh, there it is, defensive play to, yeah. to, to swing the entire game because I really did think uh, Booker was going to make – that shot, they're going to get the ball back and, and, and go ahead and win the whole game. The, the momentum had turned in that game to where, because the Bucks had a huge lead at one they point, and, and the they, Suns they, had whittled that yeah. back down. They were up 14, about with eight minutes left to go, and then their their shot selection yeah. at, at that, they just got, they were, they were taking a lot of contested shots. It was basically just Middleton trying to just take over and fire up shots, and they went through about a five-minute stretch where their offense just looked completely, you know, out of whack. But again, those sphincters get tight when these things get late. This is the finals, right? And it's easy, you know, especially if you have a team like you have in the Suns, and all of a sudden they hit a few three balls, and that that those leads evaporate quick. Mm-hmm. And and the Suns got all the way back to to within shouting distance, and it, it yeah. really did feel like they were going to turn all the way around and, and take that that game. And yeah, they had all uh, the momentum at the end of that game, and then for from Milwaukee, you know that you can't stress enough how big time that final play was. Mm-hmm. On on the on the defensive end, and also on the alley oop to Giannis. Giannis with the yeah. bad knee, I thought when he went up and as awkwardly as he did, and got pushed by by the cheap shot artist Chris Paul. I I just knew when he came back down, his knee was going to explode again, and he came down just fine. And I'm like, oh damn, this dude is is RoboCop. Yeah. We're watching and, and RoboCop. has time to and has time to mean mug the camera. <laughs> I I guess he's not that hurt after all. I, I guess he's uh, yeah. better off than we thought. That he's he's amazing. He is unbelievable. Uh, and and we're, we're you're watching a great right now. You if you have to ask that question, you you got a screw loose because you're watching yeah. a, a great player right now. No and doubt. this is probably the most sustained exposure that you've had to, to this Bucks team. Right, most of the people watching probably haven't seen them like ever, like for a full game. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so you know, I do feel a little bit, uh, you know, a, a little bit more in tune with that team because I do I do get to watch them more regularly because like I said, if it's they're playing on any type of a weekend game, they're always on at the job. 
So, or, or any of the, the six o'clock starts, I'm always catching at least the first half of the game. So I, I've seen a lot of that team, you know, and so I think there's going to be that tendency for people to say that it's, that it's just uh, Giannis and Middleton, but you know, I, I, I just have that sense that the Bucks are a deeper team than Phoenix because outside of like Chris Paul and, and, and Booker, everyone else on that roster has just gone, you know, gone to ghost town. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton's kind of uh, looking around, wondering what he's supposed to do, and uh, the, the rest of their role players are all sort of dropping off to the side. Yeah, yeah it's, their, it's their really... backup, was that Saric, was that backup center of theirs not being there doesn't really help them either. Right. Yeah, there is. You, you do not want Frank the Tank playing meaningful <laughs> minutes in an NBA Finals, and that's what we're getting. Yeah, that's like watching someone step on a roach is just like not even fair. Um, <laughs> No, it's it's two teams uh, with, with not a whole lot of experience, sort of almost figuring their way out as they as they go along the, these finals. Because that's a different team already. The, the Suns, uh, they're already a different team now than they were in the first two games. Because that's all their their confidence seems to be gone. All, Devin Booker specifically, uh, Chris Paul had been just playing lights out, crazy basketball uh, to get them to the finals, um, and, and now he's sort of gone to sleep a little bit. Um, you can see him trying. He's, uh, you know, he's really, you know, every cheap shot you can find, he's taking it, and he's really trying on the offensive end as well. But it's just not there. It, it, he's he's uh, calling to the reserve and, and trying to go deep into the well, and he just can't find it right now. So that's why I I, I got to think that this is it. And, and, and on Tuesday, there's going to be Bucks in, in four instead of Suns in four. It's going to be Bucks in four after they lose the first two, uh, because I just don't see Booker finding the confidence all of a sudden in game six on the road. That's just, I can't imagine that he's going yeah, to do it be, in that scenario. Be a hostile, a hostile yeah. crowd. Yeah. I can't see it happening. So. I, 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 all, I agree uh, with you. I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I've got that feeling, just kind of the gut feeling that, uh, that it, that it's over on, that it's over on Tuesday. It feels like, it feels like almost a repeat of game five to me. It feels like the kind of game where Phoenix probably just comes out, and gives them everything, you know, for for a quarter, maybe a half, and and then the Bucks just take over third quarter, and it's over. And, and you you'll reach that point sometimes in the game when you when you just know a finals is over, right? Right. Where yeah, you just watch the quick. other team, they're playing golf. You know, they're already thinking about the flight home and and what they're going to be doing with their off. I have a feeling we could have a a, mm. a, a like a feeling like that for midway through the fourth quarter of this next game. Hashtag full of quit. Mm. <laughs> the, 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 the Bucks have put some whoopings on some people in this playoff run. They, they, they've got it in them to all of a sudden just go out and blow somebody off, the, you know, out of the out of the gym by forty. Sure. They did it. Um, they they had it happen to them almost every series, and they've done it to somebody in almost every series. And they haven't had. They, they did have that. Uh, was it game three where they whooped them? I think they beat them by twenty. Yeah, the first game back in Milwaukee. Yeah. That 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 was one twenty one hundred. That that one they they kind of put a whooping on them, but we haven't really seen just a good old fashioned you know ass kicking yet. I think there's one coming. Hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll all find out Tuesday. Those of us that are watching, I, I know a lot yeah, of I'll people are. But... I'm off work. I'll be home. My wife and I actually uh, were out yesterday. We were uh, you know kids were having a sleepover, the grandparents. So we had you know 
oh my god, what are we going to do? So we had, we had to go to a birthday party. Then we was like, oh, we got plenty of time. We were going to go to the we went to the casino, and then we were followed, just following the score updates at the casino. I'm like, oh my god, they're down, they're down 16 in the first quarter. By the time All we right. got home, they were winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy first half. Yeah. Um, so I was hanging in uh, Milwaukee. That's uh, the hot half hour of NBA talk that I, I don't know anyone who's listened to the show ever thought they would get. But um, staying in Milwaukee, um, I wanted you to, to recap and think back to uh, to a baseball game that you uh, you took the cute factors to that uh, turned into a football game. Yeah, that was a that was a wild. Wild. It was one of the wildest space, and I've been to a lot of wild baseball games. That one was pretty, that was wild to watch a team go out and uh, trying to avoid a sweep goes out and puts up seven in the top of the first inning. You know, and I'm like, man, I don't know how that, we look great, and all the Brewers just look terrible. I mean, you have the Willie Adams shortstop just literally overruns a ground ball. He then hits a grand slam later on in the same game. It's like, oh, okay, and <laughs> it didn't have it. You could just see. Uh, because it was Arietta, who I'm surprised isn't DFA'd. Goes, he's injured. I'm doing the air quotes right now. Uh-huh. Um, you know, after the, that, he goes out the next start after that start, and then gives up another. Goes another inning in two thirds and gives up seven runs, and just that he didn't have it, and just completely let the Brewers come all the way back. So that you know, all the momentum that they took in the first inning, they gave right back in the first bottom of the first and bottom of the second, and uh, I think that was seven six. When he when he left, and then uh, yeah, in the fourth inning they just unloaded on them, and I think they put up seven or eight runs on them, and yeah, it was uh, that was all she wrote. I had uh, one happy kid and 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 one kid that was crying. Oh, my, my daughter was so sad. The cute factor was so sad because she wanted to go see a Cubs win that she's just sitting there with her head down and in tears, and I was just like, Trin, this is what it's like to be a Cubs fan. <laughs> I was about to say, welcome no. to being a Cubs. This is this is you've got you have now gotten the full experience. I think I think you've been spoiled being able to grow up with a, basically a team that has been playing meaningful baseball for almost her whole life. Right. And yeah, I don't think she was expecting to go and see them just get shellacked the way they did. And just look, they talk about hashtag full of quit. They just you could see by the third inning. They were done, but they were leading seven to nothing. What do you mean? Yeah, they were done? that's why they were done because you get up <laughs> seven zip. That should be that's it, game over. And and they just they just couldn't stop letting the other team score runs. And they their offensive output just they stopped. They, they stopped getting guys on base. They started swinging and everything. Uh, that game ran so long. We ended up having to leave at the end of the seventh inning, the end of the seventh inning in a normal baseball game, no, no, no rain, no rain, no delays. It was all that point. It had been seven hours, right? (laughs) It had been three hours and 20 minutes just to get through seven. Yeah. This is, uh, by the way, I know know, we we never did set up exactly when this was. This is on a Wednesday afternoon. It was a Wednesday afternoon. It was a one ten start before the all-star break before the all-star break. So, and it was four 30, by the when we left the stadium, it was four thirty because I was like, we got it. We have a three hour drive home, right? Yeah, we got to yeah. eat dinner, right? So, I did take the kids to Portillo's for dinner. Oh, because Pitt- that'll make anyone Portillo's stop in crying. Wisconsin now. Have I told? Have, have I told you that? I believe you mentioned that. Yes. Yeah, they uh, they're in Madison, uh, which is mm. really convenient because that's right on the way home. So we oh. took the jog over to 
Madison and right off the highway and went to Portillo's. So that was a that's nice why that, that's the real reason you left. Let's be honest. What well, I like, also did. We well, also sit we around and wait for home. the end of this BS, man. We got Portillo's waiting for we us. Still, we gonna get get the hell out of here. <laughs> we left the house at eight fifteen, eight twenty in the morning. We got home at nine that night. So that was a long day. That was a full ass day, huh? Yeah, because Milwaukee isn't exactly, you know, ten minute drive from here. It's you know three right. hours. Um, so that was a long day, and I knew if we stayed through the end of the game, then we're going to be leaving the game. It's going to be five o'clock. It's going to be rush hour. On top of, yeah, trying to get out of the stadium. So no, we we did the right thing. So we got out of there. Yeah. And, you know, no, nothing no. happened after. And yeah, there was, and nothing happened after we left. But yeah, my my son, he's six. He doesn't quite get everything, but he knows he knows math. He knows that fifteen is way better than seven. <laughs> he, he got to see a grand slam. He understood what was happening. You know, he played baseball, so he. This is his first taste of playing the game, and so he understood what was happening. He knew what home runs were, and when, yeah, the look on his face when uh, they hit the grand slam, and he's just like, he wasn't cheering. He was just sitting there with his eyes wide open, like, <laughs> I, I just saw that. Like, you know, I was in a baseball game, and I just saw, I think he was appreciating what he was seeing. He was in awe, yeah. Yeah. Now you have to explain to them that um, most games don't go like this. <laughs> uh, no, well, we I had taken them to a game a couple of those two years ago. Yesterday, I believe it came up on the my wife's Facebook is the two year anniversary of when we took them to their first baseball game at Wrigley. And that was only like a five to three game, so I think they know that not yeah. every game is going to be, you know, have a football score by the end. <laughs> yeah, seven nothing lead. For the Cubs in the first, and yeah. in the first inning, and when it was all said and done, it was they, so they didn't score at all again. They didn't score again, fifteen to seven. Damn, fifteen unanswered yeah. by the Brewers. That was uh, it. Reminded I was I'm texting you throughout the game. I'm like, this reminds that reminded me a lot of those late '90s, early 2000s Brewers Cubs games that were always wild because they were both terrible, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and those games were just. Those were all twelve ten games. It felt like. Was Harry still around for those, or did he? Had he uh, Harry was Harry still there? He might have been there for a few of them. Another grand slam by Jeff Cerullo. That's going way back in the, in the yeah. way back machine. There. Yeah, we'll, we'll never. Yeah, you know, hey, the Brant Brown game was in Milwaukee. Oh, the, oh no! Yeah, <laughs> that was in Milwaukee with the shooter. <laughs> so yeah, the Cubs and Brewers have, have a history of having some wild games. Boy, that that uh, is, is Brent Brown in the Hall of Infamy. Speaking of, uh, uh I don't know because <laughs> that thing. Yeah, that was funny. That was '98. That was when the Cubs were the first ever wild card team. Yeah, that was believe the me, I remember. Yeah, yes. you, you definitely have a very, a very distinct. You have a very distinct memory of that Definitely. 98 Cubs team making the playoff Definitely. run there. But that last week, week and a half of the season, the Cubs did everything they could not to get to the playoffs. <laughs> right. Right. They had that game with Brant Brown. They had the game uh, where, where Terry Mulholland, I believe it was down in Atlanta, had just a dribbler back to the mound that he threw all the way down the right field line. I remember that. I was yeah. – uh, I was in an OTB with, with Dave, the movie expert, and, and our old friend Rory, and we were watching it on, on the TV screen above us. We just we oh, saw the man. dribbler, and we're like, oh, that's the end of the inning. That's 
a sigh of relief, and then the ball goes 80 feet over the first yeah. baseman's head. It's like, oh, oh man, that thing, that thing rolled and rolled and rolled, and yeah. And, and then they lost that last game and all, yeah. And then Nafi Perez takes Rob Nen <sighs> yard. So. And I'll mile an hour Rob Nen. So I know yeah, Nafee's in. Nafee's in. That was, no, my, I, first I, year, that first was my first one that I, yeah, that was like the first guy I put in. But I don't <laughs> think Grant Brown is in yet because that, that's really, you want to talk about a really contained <laughs> name, right? There's not a lot of people, I think. Who, it wasn't just the Grant Brown play. It was Ron Santo almost dying in the radio booth. That was my oh no! That, that yeah. comes from the, me hearing. What did you? Were you hearing? I the, heard it the on radio the radio. Version? I got that live on radio, so I heard that the first. I remember. I can tell you exactly. This is one of those like nine eleven moments. I can tell you exactly <laughs> where I was when that happened. I was driving for. I think I was driving. I was ninety eight. So where I was on the Eisenhower, I, I was somewhere. I was on the Eisenhower. I don't remember where I was going. But I was in just bumper to bumper traffic out by like, uh, you know, by like the Cumberland exit, you know, out there on the Eisenhower. And, you know, it's like right by the Strangler out there, you know, and it was just it's rush hour because I think that was a a day game. So that was late afternoon. So I'm just bumper to bumper. It's hot. You know, I'm just sitting there in traffic and and like, all right, you know, Rod Beck's falling apart. But, hey, all right, you know, lazy fly ball. Out to left, oh, man, and I had to hear that. You want to talk about, like, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You just take it. You just have to take it, you know? Just sit, just sit there and take it. Yeah, and that was that was a hard one. So, yeah, so hearing all the pain in Santo, because, you know, nobody, I, nobody bled the Cubs more than Ron Santo. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's yeah, a rare he, occasion where we we both heard the the radio call is because I usually don't you know wouldn't be hearing a Cubs radio call I'd be watching the game on TV except right like I said it was a late afternoon game so I was coming yep. home from work so I was uh, listening on a Walkman uh, not not a Bartman uh, Walkman but my own Walkman <laughs> and uh, so that's why I was able to so we both have the uh, the live reaction of Santo on that and yeah. that's why it's seared into our minds so much because yeah he sounded like he walked in on somebody stabbing his daughter to death like the sound that he made oh no it was just the worst yeah you just get Pat Hughes he dropped the ball <laughs> the perfect juxtaposition next to Santo sounding like someone is is, is killing his wife and uh, yeah so. Yeah, that's that's probably going to go in if you don't put it in uh, the, uh, uh, next year because I got the baseball this year. You got football. Yeah. Uh, you I, can put I will it in say next year if I don't put it in. If either one of us put that in, we oh, have to at least no. do the diligence and have the audio. If it's out there, we'll we'll find it. Oh, if it's, it's out, out there. there somewhere. It's you think be it's out there. there. I yeah, think, think it's out there. I think that because that's a legendary radio. Yeah, somebody call. has to have uploaded that to YouTube or something. Yeah. Yeah, I would think. What somebody uh, so needs yeah. to do is go back and pull Santo's reaction and start and start like, you know, dropping it in over like events in history. <laughs> you know, because it really was an older humanity type of reaction. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, you know, Rod Santo watches the Sapruder film. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat Hughes off to the side, back and to the left. <laughs> 
Rod, yeah, Rod, that was a very Hindenburg type thing. There you go with the Hindenburg <laughs> reference. You know, Rod Santo. What if Rod Santo had been doing the call in New Jersey? Oh, the humanity! Oh. <laughs> Trying to break into Paul Bearer there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. What, what, but that would have been better than if Joey Styles did it. Oh, my God! They're dead! Yeah. Oh, man, okay, we're off the rails. We're off the rails. <laughs> oh, oh <geez. laughs> Oh, no! Son oh, of a bitch. <laughs> that was Joey Styles too. Yeah. For people who don't know. When he was really trying to... The put forth the gravity of the situation. Yeah. He wanted to let you know he's really worried now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we are uh, sort of previewing or talking about our uh, next shows coming up, which are going to be our Hall of Infamy uh, inductions. Yeah, that's for... sort of that. That's the, the official kickoff to, to football season for us, right? We get through the baseball and football of infamies, and and then boom, we're in, we're in football season. Yeah, the training camp starts, you know, right as uh, right before uh, the the NFL Hall of Fame game, yep. and we uh, we do the NFL Hall of Infamy induction the same weekend as the uh, the Hall of Fame game. And, and there's baseball only three Hall of weeks Fame, of preseason this year. That's right. I totally forgot that there's the uh, the, the extra game, the seventeenth game now. Yeah. Um, where they take a, a week of the preseason away and then tag it on to the regular season, which as you've already express your concern means that it's basically just going to be an extra regular season version of preseason football. But I fear, I fear for the quality of football that we are going to see in quote unquote week one. I, I fear, I fear for it. It's going to be bad. I totally understand your point, but I guess what I would say is how much worse can it get? It's been terrible for years now, that first week of, of worse. football. So whatever we've worse. been seeing worse, <laughs> Because as the years have gone on, we're so old, we're, you know, along with Lou in, in Jersey there, uh, yeah. we remember back when starting players actually played in the preseason and actually really did knock off the rust. But now there's much yeah. more of a concern well, you had... of you don't want someone to get hurt. So most of these guys, most of the starters play almost no actual preseason football, even though they right. were You, you used to have sort of this unwritten rule that in week one, they'd play a series. In week two, they'd play a quarter. Week three, they'd play a half. I'm mean, the starters I'm talking about. And week four, they wouldn't play at all. And that was about but, how it used to go. But you would have seen in those four weeks, all of the key players would have played basically a game's worth of time. Right? Spread out over the four games. Now, there were some guys who'd play a lot more, like your, you know, yeah. your defensive guys, some of your subs. They would be, they'd, you know, because people got to play. They still had to have the games. So I don't know if by our, by having just the three games, is that going to mean that we'll see a little bit more of the regulars? Does like week three sort of stay like week three used to be and maybe everybody just plays that half? Or if week three – uh, I'm not excited by these by these prospects of, of what we're going to have for football the first two weeks. I, we're, you know, we last few years have basically been dropping the uh, the medical drama you know, where all of a sudden our show is turning into Quincy MD the first uh, 
two weeks of the regular season or house. <laughs> because the list is, is getting longer and longer every time we go through a week one or week two of you going through all the list of guys who are out. Oh, MASH! There you go. It's a little quiet, so I can barely hear it. Oh. Yeah, I was trying not to overrun you there. Yeah. But no, uh, what I would guess, and, and those are valid questions of how it's going to look, my guess is that most of the really big stars are going to say that it's got to be the way that it's been uh, the last 10, 15, 20 years, which is you can't let me touch the field at all in the last preseason game before week one, or else you're going to risk right. me getting hurt. And so I think it's going to be some, I think some guys are going to play in that week three that wouldn't necessarily play, but I think most of the stars are going to be like, Oh no, I, I still can't touch the field before week one. Cause I got to be completely ready for week one. And what's that, what that's resulted in is we've seen a lot less quality continuity in week one because guys are much more concerned about being rested up and not getting hurt before yeah. week one than they are concerned about getting ready to actually play quality football in week one. And you can argue, you know, which one is, is more important or which one is better. Uh, but I don't think it's arguable that the quality of football in week one is, is definitely much worse than it was when we were younger. Cause like you said, it used to be, you know, they, they got their, their rust in, they got their work in, in the actual games in the preseason before. Uh, and that's just not happening now. They just, they, refuse to play more than like, you know, two or three or four series in a game, uh, no matter what. The, these guys just do not want to do that because they're so afraid of getting hurt. Or so, and, and, and I don't, I'm, don't blame them either. I know it's sounding like I'm criticizing, but I'm not. There's so much money on the line. There's so much oh, yeah. more valuable than they used to be. We're talking about guys who are making, you know, 20, 25 million, $30 million now in a year. How much was uh, Jim McMahon making at his, at his peak you know, in the NFL, you know, a mill. So not, obviously, not, not this kind of. Yeah, you're not Pat Mahomes getting uh, no. a half a bill, you know, for no. your for your contract. Or any of Russ, Brady, uh, all of them that that you know, thirty five, forty million dollars a year. I understand that they don't want to play, you know, the last game before the uh, before the season starts. They want to make sure they're fresh and they're ready. But that's at the qual at the, the at sacrificing the quality of the actual game that they're playing because they just none of them seem ready to play week one they all of them uh seem like they're uh, at least a beat off and some of them are really off so that that's what it is though that's where you are now and and i don't i don't think that's going to change for most of the stars yeah it, it with i think that extra you know with that 17th game you know all the there's no drama they'll tell you there's drama in week one there's no drama in week one. You you can't pull anything out of these week one results anymore. It's become almost it's become as meaningless as week seventeen for a lot of game for a lot of teams. Except for the uh, overreaction theater, they make a whole oh yeah you know, they'll make a big hour or two hours I, post game of those results see, in week one, and they act like that's just going to determine what's happening oh, yeah. for the whole rest of the season. Yeah, if a guy what's catches three touchdowns the in the first Patriots. game, he's going to have fifty-one touchdown catches this year. <laughs> Because yeah. now that's 17, you know, instead of 16 games. So, yeah, 51, you know, we just, just automatically go, and everybody will run to the waiver wire in their fantasy league to catch that oh, yeah. random third-string tight end who caught two touchdown passes who will not catch another one for the whole rest of the season. <laughs> Got to have them. 
Yeah, it's predictable and it's funny, but but that's how it works every year. Yeah, they make full full game shows. I think teams are even going to treat it as a preseason game almost. If I'm like like your team, if I'm the Bears, I'm starting Andy Dalton week one. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's exactly what they plan and, to do. And they and I'll tell you why they need to, because if you're treating it like preseason, that means your offensive line probably doesn't know where to be. And you're not going to, mm. you know, and if you're going to get somebody destroyed in week one, I think you'd much rather have to be Andy Dalton. Better him than, than Mr. Fields. Yes. <laughs> so I have a feeling a lot of teams might, might treat that as a, you know, hey, we got that extra game now, so – you know, anytime you have more games, everything get the results get a little bit more diluted. Um, I think you'll see. I don't know. I think it's all going to come down to the the different coaching styles, and maybe some teams are going to go out and they're going to try all out, and you know, they just hey, we got to be one and zero. You know, <laughs> one game at a time. <laughs> right. But I, I uh, think it's going to be some some hard to watch football. Yeah, it's, it's been hard, harder and harder every year, and. and... Yeah, now I don't think it's going to be uh, too much. In, too much of that is going to change. Uh, have you heard about all the the Olympic drama and stuff that's been going it's on? I, just, I know we don't talk about the Olympics at all. I heard a guy. Uh, oh, I forget, was it Nigeria or Uganda or something's trying to defect right now? Did you see that? <laughs> that part I actually missed. I was. Oh uh, yeah, it was in the news today that one of the uh, I think it's from a mid Central African nation. It was like Uganda or Nigeria. I don't know what sport he was in, but basically just disappeared from the Olympus camp, Olympic campus a few days ago, and now he just resurfaced saying he ain't going back home. Okay, I got the first part of that. I do remember that somebody had come up missing, but I did yes. not know the resolution of that. So that's what it was that he's uh, trying to defect it. What does he think he's Cuban yeah. he's trying to complete baseball? Yeah, we got baseball. a whole Red October thing going on here at the Olympics <laughs> right now. God, we've known each other too long. Way too long, yes. We actually did it at the same time, but because there's a delay on oh, the okay. podcast, it, it sounds yeah. like you got it first. But yeah, anyway, he's doing, he's doing he's doing that thing. He's, he's I ain't going home. He ain't sending me back. <laughs> I have been so focused on all the, the COVID Japanese. drama. <laughs> I'm turning Japanese, playing that song right now. <laughs> Um, how many people you think even remember that? Because uh, you know, us being of a certain age, of course, we remember that song. But I don't think too many. I people remember that song remember. because it was sort of the official, unofficial theme song of Samurai Sunday on Channel sixty six. Oh Lord! <laughs> now, wow. <laughs> any, now, any, yeah. So, anyone first who gets the reference of the song, you get a point. If you get the reference of Samurai Sunday on Channel 66, you, you win the evening. Yeah, that, that's real deep local Chicago, uh, way back in the day uh, history right there. Um, but yeah, I was actually looking at all the uh, the COVID stuff that they basically haven't started the Olympics yet, and they're already yes. athletes over there testing positive. The yeah, this will be the Olympics of no fun, that is for sure. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, with the with the whole bed thing on top of that, yeah. Uh, so they're eating, they have to eat by themselves. They're basically right. all like on lockdown at the Olympic Village. It, this doesn't sound fun. Um, and what they used to do to have fun is kind of you know sort they, of hook up and yeah, and, they can't do that. Come around with each other and they can't do that because well they're not yeah, supposed to be able to do of, that because like, of the beds late teens and early 20-somethings, all kind of like in the prime of their lives, um, all just 
kind of hanging out together at the Olympics. That's always happened. Uh, you know, yeah. got all these hot bodies together, and they just kind of all go off and, and hook up with each other. Uh, so the Olympic uh, committee is trying to make that impossible because of the bids. I don't know if you had read about the actual bids. Uh, no, uh, I have Olympics. Um, I to them. Uh, in the name of keeping the athletes safe, quote unquote safe, instead mm. of uh, they're they uh, they made the beds out of car out of cardboard. Oh, and what the, what that's supposed to do is that you can like I guess gingerly lay on them by yourself and get your your the sleep that you need, but you can't have two people lay on these beds because they would fall apart, right? Ah, and so my I, thing I with that is. Going. I, I saw where they're going, but my problem with that is you, that's not going to keep two people who really want to get busy from getting busy. Like, you, yeah. don't, you ain't never had sex on the floor, man? What? Yeah. It, like, it, oh, wait, we can't because of the cardboard bed. Um, wait. You, you mean there's other ways to have sex besides on the bed? Who knew? Maybe they're just hoping that they, these people haven't figured this out yet. <laughs> it's Japan. Maybe things are a little different over there. I don't know. It's the Olympic Committee. It's got nothing to do with Japan. That's the the, the committee trying to yeah, a little out of touch. It's supposed to be the same people who run the uh, Oscars Academy. <laughs> I'm like I'm looking at these uh, the pictures of the of the beds, and I'm like, okay, you take the sheets off the bed, you throw them on the floor, and you get floor. This, yeah, but like, what they're going to find out chokes on them. Floor is cardboard too, and there's alligators oh. on the floor. You can't have more than two people in the room because the floor yeah. just falls in, and now you're yeah. you're in the alligator. Well, pool. I, I oh, also uh, heard something about like the the like the triathletes, you know, the one where the one the ones who have to swim, that triathlon right. or to get uh, that that they can't that, that the water in Tokyo Bay is so dirty. Oh, the, yeah. I was like, well, just send them up to Fukushima. <laughs> oh, jeez. They'll they'll have gills by the time they're done with the triathlon. <laughs> Hey, that solves everything. Yeah. Hey, hey! <laughs> God. Yeah, this whole thing basically is a joke. We're, we're making and, fun of it because it's it's a joke and it should be made fun yes. of. And I like that they're still calling it the 2020 Olympics. Branding. It's All the special the 2021 edition uh-huh. of the 2020 Olympics. See, you got to get that part down, too. If it's on NBC, they should already have this part down. I, I bet you they will. If, if you watch the games, uh, they'll probably already have that taken care of. I'm not watching the games, so I wouldn't know. Uh, I don't have a lot of interest. I, I, I'm a more of a Winter Olympics guy. I've always have been. I just Maybe it's because I'm white and I live in the north where there's a lot of snow. But I've always <laughs> liked the Winter Olympics more than the Summer Olympics. Well, I'm just... Uh... So turned, you know, turned off by the whole oh, the whole concept, concept the yeah. fact that they shouldn't even be having the goddamn Olympics because it's still a breakout over there in Japan of COVID yeah. and so, there's still a lot of people that aren't getting vaccinated and and the whole thing is just going. It's going to turn into something really, really bad yeah, if it has already. Back to the the icky feeling that you talked about yes. last year when sports were exactly. starting back up again. Like this feels even less thought out. Then when mm-hmm. we started sports up again. Exactly. Uh, but you know what? The Japanese president has an election coming next, uh, at the end of this year. So full speed ahead. Oh, the okay. The Olympics are going to happen, whether they should or not. Because oh, as no. we know, it's always all about the money and the, and the power. Yes. 
<sighs> yeah, just just very, very icky. Uh, we are done with our live hour, and we will continue on and have some more sports talk and uh, whatever we decide to get to in our Kings of Non Sequitur uh, edition of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. I was looking for the outro music, but I can't find it, so we're just going to well, I can't say that. <laughs> so somebody's listening. Our, our, our new buddy Lou in, in Jersey. Uh, he's got said, his own show that, that he. This is uh, a, a person who's like tried multiple times to reach us. Yeah, he and said no, he did, but that rings a bell, doesn't it? Don't do, don't we remember somebody who called in a while ago that said kind of the same thing? I think it was the same guy. Um. Because I, I, I feel like someone called in maybe a couple of years ago and said the same thing. Hey, I listen to you guys all the time or something like that. And it's like, oh. really? Oh, okay. Well, let's, uh, you know, somebody does. We got five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we got our big time ad revenue that, that's we coming We got our ad share us. revenue, man. So somebody's listening and clicking on some ads. I didn't know anyone even uh, got ads anymore. I thought everyone used pop-up blockers or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> uh, if you listen to the podcast version, though, there, it does drop an ad in. I know on That's iTunes, true. it drops an ad in right before the show. Before and after, usually. I um, never so that, really that, make it to the after part. I don't usually. <laughs> I, I no. I listen to I. I go back and I listen to our shows, but I usually don't listen to like all the way through. You know what I mean? Like the no, final part. Yeah, no, I understand. No, I'm I'm sitting there at work listening, so it's going to play out to the end because I'm busy working. So that's why yeah. I, I want to. No, I've got a, I've thing. got a habit of listening to our shows while I'm driving to work or back home. You know, within right. a few days after the show. Um, sometimes I go back when we do our pick shows. I go back and listen just so I remember who I had. Right. So that's fun. Yeah, I definitely listen to the pick shows before the uh, the games take place on, on Sunday because it, it kind of doesn't do much good to listen afterwards. Actually, it does. Game. Sometimes it can be very informative listening to our bad picks after we made them. <laughs> oh, to or go back and go, picks. oh, wow, or our good how picks. confident I was. Yeah, or or go back and listen to like if you had that like stunning upset and you want to go back and listen to it, you know. Right. I still go back and listen to that show where I called the red the football team drink. Uh-huh. Um, where <laughs> well, I called you, that you, one. You caught yourself. You didn't go the whole way. You said hey, no. I didn't. Where I caught them to beat the Steelers and the reaction yeah. from Bryce in Brooklyn when I did that live on air. Oh, he thought you was like I had. I had blasphemed. <laughs> right. How could you? Yeah. How could you but say that, that? You know what? I give him full credit. He called back up the next week, yeah. ate his humble pie. You yeah, at that point, I think he still thought there was uh, a lot of good things. Uh, yeah. Because think about yeah, We have not heard from him since that Cleveland no. game in the playoffs. Well, I mean, think about He's it. He's back in you're, hibernation. You're, you're a – Pittsburgh Steelers super fan, and you got your ass knocked out of the playoffs by the Cleveland Browns. You, yeah, you're going to be in hibernation and what for a long might time. Be one of the worst quarters of football I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah, back when when Washington knocked off Pittsburgh, of course they were undefeated. That was that was shocking. Yeah, that was because I called the shot. Right? Didn't just say they were going to struggle again and they weren't going to cover the spread. You said they're going to lose outright. Yeah, at home. Yes. To, to the Washington football team. Washington, I believe a sub-500 team at the time. And Bryce, being a, a Steelers super fan, 
is looking at his team, the last undefeated team in the league. He's got to be thinking great things are are, are ahead, yeah. like a Super Bowl, uh, at least a, an appearance in the Super Bowl. And no, they couldn't even get out of the first round uh, against the Cleveland Browns. And, well, you and I had side eyed the Steelers all year. Yeah, if you watch if you watch the game and you're not a super fan, if you actually just watched objectively, <laughs> you, you, yes. You saw the issues and the problems that they were having. Yes, you, 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 there were there were some hints that this was not going to be the greatest team of all time. Uh, knocked out in the first round to the Browns. I, I didn't have that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to front <laughs> and say that I saw that coming. That was There's that no was over that. and over quick. Huh. <sighs> So. And yeah, no, the yeah, I'm not I'm not into the Olympics this time around. I, I I don't know who any of the people are. I I didn't watch any of the qualifying stuff. I really just it's not on my radar at all. And like like you said, there's just like an icky factor to it. So it was two South African soccer players that that came over there that already tested positive. Uh, oh, I was okay. Keep, I was keeping up today with uh, the American tennis player Coco Golf tested positive. Um, huh. The the Olympics haven't even started. Like the the opening yeah. ceremony hasn't started. The games the, themselves haven't started being played. People are already coming up positive. Somebody uh, Olympic administrative people are coming up positive. This is just the beginning. This has all the makings of a complete how global start? shit show. Yes. This like they're all like, going to come back from their respective countries, and then it's going to be uh, and spread it to everyone dead. they know. It's gonna zombie apocalypse is gonna start at the 2020 Olympics in 2021. This is how the pandemic movie on Netflix that's gonna be made in two years. This is exactly how it's gonna start. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. There was a, a piece in the New York Times back in mid June, so this isn't even. Uh, it was a month you know, ago. This isn't any time recent that people were already wondering. The piece was called "Why Are the Olympics Still Happening." Like, everyone knew this was going to oh. be a shit show. Uh, I, I understand. I, I understand. If you're one of these kids, and, and this is it, your window is not long for for this. So I, I understand that as you've trained, like, most of your teenage or possibly young adult life for this moment, right, to go represent your country and go for the gold and all that. But I'm assuming a lot of these people, you got to have backup plans too, right, you know? So some of them may not, but that's the, but the point is, uh, no one has a backup plan for catching COVID and having lifelong problems or even possibly dying. Like there's definitely no backup plan for that. So whatever you're trying to figure out, uh, if you're the Olympic uh, weightlifter and this is all you've done and this is all you're ever gonna do uh, and you have no idea what you would do after weightlifting is over, well, what are you gonna do after you catch COVID and and you got and you might be one of these long termers that has you know life, lifelong respiratory issues or uh, things? I still feel like I've got uh, issues from from having COVID. Like I still uh, don't breathe exactly the same when I'm around smokers, for instance, or uh, when I'm you know extra tired, extra blown up after a, a workout. Um, I still feel like I'm I'm a bit of a long termer myself. I can only imagine how other people uh, feel about it. Uh, that's something that I, I think. It's crazy. It's crazy how people don't seem to want to consider that. Well, I might catch it, but I, you know, it's not that big yeah, they got deal. The Kirk so many people angle. don't don't get sick from it. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. They got uh, the "if I die, I die" mentality. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's. It's, 
I don't understand the mentality myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, if if you don't have any backup plan, I understand that that might be you know a bit a bit harrowing. But I, I'd still rather take the issue of having to figure out what to do if I can't shot put other over the issue of what do I do if I catch COVID. I really don't think that uh, it's it's anywhere near a big deal to to figure out what you're going to do after your your Olympic sport is over because you're going to have that day anyway. Eventually, yeah. you're gonna have that day where and, 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 and they've is already over. said that like no no fans like nobody can even be there cheering right. for these people like all these sprinters are sprinting in empty stadiums all these team sports empty venues it's depressing now juxtapose that against uh, all the sports that are coming back in America and, and filling up their stadiums again yeah WWE baseball basketball all these people that hey pandemic's over right. let's go let's party. We had twelve thousand people in Milwaukee watching the Bucks play at the stadium yesterday, and they're playing on a big screen TV. They did like twelve. I don't know. I, I'm joking with one of my coworkers. I'm like, I didn't realize there were that many Bucks fans. But you look at the mm-hmm. crowd; it's a lot of Johnny Come Latelys. You can right. tell it's it's fair weather stuff. And it's the you know the, the team that's in the finals, so they're going to come it's out and, and, and hey, it's, it's a it's what it is. I'm very guilty of that for like when the Blackhawks were having their thing and winning Stanley yeah. Cups. I was out there cheering and, and rooting on the Blackhawks. Have I ever been to a game? Hell no. Uh, <laughs> Do you watch? But them I was still? cheering. I mean, you, are you yeah, really all in? No. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So it was just you know, it's just the the pride of your local team, right? Doing something. It was a party. It was yeah, a hockey party. That's all it was. Yeah, it was like me going to my buddy's house to watch ECW pay per views, even though I don't like wrestling. Oh, you weren't geez. there to watch the rest. You were there for the party. You were there for your friends and the beer and the food, right? And the Italian beef. Yeah, you're there for the spectacle of it all. You're, you know, right. You're there to socialize. And, and, and having a laugh, you know, and having a good mm-hmm. laugh. Because I mean, as, as, as bad as, you know, I, I still talk fondly about going to watch those pay-per-views because I, I will give the ECW credit. It, it was fun. Hell Yeah. It was it, it it knew and it didn't take itself too serious, right? It knew it was putting on a fun show. It was having a good time. It was run by a guy who was uh, basically got fired for being high all the time, and, and Paul Heyman, and said, "You know what? Yeah. I'm just going to have some fun. <laughs> Let's have some fun." So, yeah, I, I, man, I missed the hell out of ECW because uh, I, I don't even want to go into a long because I will fill up the rest of the hour uh, talking about ECW and its appeal and and what made it good and what, what wrestling is missing as far as that element that, that ECW provided. But, uh, but yeah, just I'll, I'll suffice it and, and agree with what you said. And it was fun. It, it was a party. It was fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I still remember to this day, some of those wrestlers and their sticks and their sticks. Mm-hmm. They had something you know, like uh, <laughs> Sandman, right? Yes. <laughs> they, they could, they could make a, a documentary about it called Schick, sticks and sticks. Sticks and sticks. I like it. Yeah, say that say that one a few times. <laughs> no. You'll you'll definitely end up dropping a few letters and end up with shits. <laughs> I, I almost guaranteed. I almost did. And you sprang your tongue at the the, at the yes. same time as well. Sticks and sticks. <clears throat> but yeah, that's that's what it's it's all about, is just getting uh all these people out here to, to have fun and enjoy what's going on. And, and never mind the the pandemic might still be spreading. Uh, and meanwhile, in, in Japan, the, di- the difference over there, why they're uh, making people not even come out to the, to the events 
and why things are getting so much worse over there is because however uh, reticent people might be in America to take the vaccine, it's much worse over there. Like they really don't want to do yeah. it. And it's, so therefore those variants and Delta variants and all that is just spreading worse and worse and worse in places like that. Um, so it, it, yeah, it's very icky. The whole thing is icky. Like I said, it's just started. The games haven't even started yet. We're having all this stuff. It's just like last year, uh, watching sports in the middle of COVID, uh, where you're just kind of like, I, I don't want to watch because you can't watch and ignore what's going on. I mean, I guess you can. Some people have that ability. I guess, you know, I admire that if they can really watch and, and, and ignore what's, what's happening out there, but I can't, I can't. There's no way I could watch the Olympics and, and not think about what's going on over there in Japan and what's going on yeah. in the world. Like and I, the, the I've basketball always, with yeah. the empty arenas, watching the, the whatever the, the version of the dream team is this year, watching that in an empty arena, how could anyone enjoy that? that would, no, I, there's no way I would do that. And, and these Olympics, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I've always had a problem watching the Olympics when you know that it's all going to be on tape delay because they're playing on the other side of the world. Right. That's and the best. if you really want to know what happened, now it's at your fingertips. And, yeah, and we then, are so old. We we remember when it wasn't at your fingertips. We remember getting the newspapers yeah. to get the, the Olympic <laughs> results in the night before. Or you just watched the tape delay and you didn't know what the result was because there wasn't a ticker at the bottom of the screen telling you what the result was of the game that you're watching. Yeah, that's that's way well, back ESPN, in the day. You know, if you change stations, you go to ESPN, they'd probably have the results because like they're like they're all with NBC. Right. Whoever yeah, got they don't it, care. you know. They don't care. So you'll be like, Oh wait. Oh, I just changed channels and it just oh that tennis match I was watching is <laughs> Oh, well, Oh, we did win the gold in the uh, the the vault Oops. that I was about to get ready to watch at eight o'clock. Oh, that was Uh-oh. exciting! <laughs> Until I found out who won. Yeah, right. sports is not something you want spoiled because that's the ultimate reality show. So mm-hmm. you know, it it it's even hard to just even if you go back and you watch highlights, you're just trying to either you, either you missed it or you're a fan of the team and you were really excited for those highlights, but sports doesn't have the same appeal, like to go back and rewatch a game that you already know the outcome of. Yeah. Yeah. Only like hardcore super fans would want to go back and do that. It's like much you of a, like for people who have like well, all those world series on tape. Hey man, I, I still yeah. got them in, in storage. <laughs> you, you know what I actually thought I was going to do when I first started taping those finals and super bowls in God, I think it was 1995. I, it, you know, digital did not exist yet. I didn't have Correct. any fore, I didn't have any foresight to know that there was going to be something that came along that would make my videotapes pretty much obsolete. And you could watch simply. anything you want, anytime <laughs> ever, on your phone. <laughs> this is we why I were thinking Bill, that way in 1995. This is why Bill Gates and, and Steve Jobs and those guys are billionaires because they foresaw that, and I did not. When well, I was they making made it those, happen. yeah, they made you know they they did it. When I was making those tapes, I actually thought that I would grow up and have a house with a, a, a man cave with all these walls of videotapes in my selection, and people would actually want to come over oh, and say, yeah. "Hey, I remember that crazy 1995 NBA Finals 
uh, with uh-huh. the Houston Rockets and the Orlando Magic. Hey, can we pop in that game too? Because it was really crazy. Yeah, let me go run and get that I and would put be, that in. I would be more interested to have a tape like that popped in just to go back and watch like the old commercials Is or probably the news plugs. You know, tonight on uh, you know Eyewitness News, and, you know, after the game, and you go right. like, just whatever the the atmosphere was. You know, for things like that back then, that sort of that nostalgic flair, and that would have a lot of the Chicago nostalgia. You know, it would a lot of those, but, old, but a lot of those old local commercials. Those were, but most of the commercials were national. But uh, that's a perfect example of why, again, of why we're lifelong best friends. Because I don't know if there's anyone else in the world that would be interested in the commercials of those old uh, NBA Finals and Super Bowls. But yes, I absolutely uh, was taping the whole thing for that purpose. I, I, I did not uh, stop the tape during the commercials and start it back up just to have the game action. I, I taped the whole thing because I wanted yeah. the entire flavor of the time. I loved going back and watching those 98 uh, World Series and stuff with, with commercials for, you know, CompuServe and, and AOL yeah. and stuff like that and going back and remembering uh, back when the internet was first starting and stuff like that, and one nine hundred numbers, and yeah, I'm I'm the nerd that gets off Ms. on that Cleo. shit. I love that shit. Get some Miss Cleo <laughs> action going or something. All <laughs> sorts of stuff now. that you don't even remember. Businesses that are no longer <laughs> existing. <laughs> I love that shit. I, I do. Oh man, I don't know where I pulled that one from. That just like <laughs> I pulled that from the depths of my brain. Just all of a sudden, I'm thinking one nine hundred numbers. Oh yeah, Miss Cleo. Hey, call and get your future red mine. Oh, man. <laughs> I got, now I'm going to have to go on YouTube and see if they have those old commercials. <laughs> oh, I know they have Miss Cleo. I know definitely that they have that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a different world, man. Different world for sure. Um, there's another uh, Olympian that isn't going to be there, and it's not for uh, COVID reasons. It's for uh, getting busted for marijuana and the problem with that is uh shikari richardson is a is a sprinter Uh, and i don't think taking marijuana is something that would help her sprint better i think that's the opposite it usually slows you down yeah yeah that's kind of the point of uh taking marijuana is 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 for someone who wants to chill and and be relaxed not somebody who wants to go faster so to to ban her from the olympics for taking marijuana seems to be really really stupid and counterintuitive especially considering the the state of marijuana in america getting legalized you know more and more places everywhere yeah just about everywhere and Uh, we're still you would think this is a fairly you know this is a I guess a blue state. It, it, it teeters. Mm, yeah, um, I don't. I wouldn't call it, it a blue state. It's not firmly. It's a purple state. It, it's, it's definitely. It goes back and forth. You know, it's not Minnesota or <laughs> Illinois or those states are you know, true blue. And yeah, they, they've got the you know Colorado and are all. It's all legal now. I mean, we're almost halfway. I think we're halfway through now. All the states have done it. Oh, is Tennessee? Um, it's being discussed. I think okay. it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's being discussed everywhere. But right, right. I, I don't know how close it is in Tennessee because that cause Tennessee is definitely red. a, you're, a, you're a red a state. More of a uh, red state, yeah, definitely. So yeah, you're definitely surrounded by. I mean, well, yeah, you're you're pretty much bracketed in down there with, but Kentucky, Arkansas, Mississippi, yeah. You're, but it's, it's funny being much, here in. 
be yeah, it doesn't get much redder than in, in the South. No. That's true. But being here in Memphis, it's so funny that uh, I moved from Chicago from being in Chicago my whole life, which really could break off and, and be you know North Illinois and be the fifty first. It doesn't. It, it it definitely is. I mean, we grew up there. We knew it was Chicago and downstate. And then I moved down here to Memphis, and it's even worse in Tennessee. Tennessee could be broken up into three states because you got Memphis, which is its own state by itself. That could be, you know, West Tennessee, just all by itself. There's nothing about about Memphis that goes into the rest of Tennessee. It's, you know, 50% black down here. It's uh, just, you know, very different state in, in very different place in Memphis than anywhere else in, in Tennessee. Then you go where the uh, university is in, in the middle of the state uh, near, uh, near Nashville. Yeah. Um, and that's central Tennessee. That could be its own state. Cause they're a, a little crazy. You get all the, you know, the country music and the, and the yuppies and then everybody trying to, to uh, be sort of the Hollywood of the South uh, over there. And, and it's, it's really crazy. And then of course I'm now I'm familiar with uh, East Tennessee over there where the, where the mountains are and all the crazy mountain people. And that's, that's his own state as well by itself. <laughs> so you, you've so, been over there now, right? You went over there. Yeah. Yeah. Would you go to, would you go to Gatlinburg or? Sevierville, which is right yes. next to it. Yeah. That's right where you get off. So you, but you went through, you went into the mountains and stuff or. Oh yeah. 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 I thought we were going to go over the mountains. <laughs> it's pretty country out there though. Oh my God, it's uh, it's beautiful, but it's also like first of all, I don't know how they drive on those on the side of those those, those cliffs and mountains. Yeah. It's I used like, to live in the mountains. I, I wonder that myself. <laughs> like you, 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 if you go if you're going forty and make a, yeah. a wrong curve or, or, or slip, it's, like, it, it's over. Like there's nothing yes. there. There's hundreds of feet of nothing. Yeah, sometimes there's the not side. even a guardrail there. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing there to stop you from just going wee and that then is, flying right over the, the cliff. That's true. Like, how do they do that? And these Carefully. people are going, uh, no, they're no, not, not all of them. They're, but... they're used to it. So they're just yeah. flying. They're just flying, zipping around. And, and I'm like, uh, really? Are you, people are crazy. Yeah, I hadn't uh, done any mountain driving in a while. And we were down in Branson, and that's in the Ozarks, right? Yeah. And uh, I had. I, it was different than anywhere. Like I was used to the mountain West where you're in the mountains, but everything is like, you have no sense of scale because everything is so wide open. Right. Ah. So you're, yes, you're in the mountains, but you're not expecting, you know, death around every hill or every <laughs> curve. That's how it was down in the Ozarks driving on some of these backcountry roads, because every hill was a, every hell and every turn was blind. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. And so yeah, I mean, like literally, you guys start to get up towards the top of these hills. If somebody's coming at you, you're dead. It's over, right? If there's a deer, you're hitting it. It's and over. That's how. That's how. And these everything there was so closed in, and you're just and it's all hairpin turns and blind hills and yeah, that was some crazy driving down there in that in that back country down by Branson. And then Sevierville and then out there in East Tennessee was, was no different. It was it's similar. The, yeah. I've driven through the, like through the smoky mountains. And that's the other thing that gets all the fog. So not only yeah. are you driving on those roads, you know, it seems like half the time you, it's foggy and you're driving on those roads. And yet these people are 
right on your ass like you're going too yeah. slow. And I'm like, really? Go, Are you kidding me? You go right over the the Smokies there on I-40, right where Tennessee uh, cuts into North Carolina, and that's where they always have like the 80 car pileups every year. Mm-hmm. You know, because somebody's driving too fast, and then all of a sudden they just hit a pile of cars, and then just keeps going, and it's the Blues Brothers. Pretty much. You can hear the <laughs> yeah. You know, it's sorry, I'm doing the song yeah. from the Blues Brothers. Now. Yeah, yeah. We all know well, it. We, a Chicago we do. We want I, I, I should go get it and then put it on the soundboard. <laughs> um, For all those times that we talk about crazy car pileups. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the driving on the side of the of the cliffs reminded me exactly the same thing that we were talking about when we were uh, visiting the Grand Canyon, which is oh, so there's yeah, just yeah. there's just bodies off the side all the time, right? There has to be because there's, there's, there's not no guardrails. Yeah, we were right, we were there. It was like your it was like there's nothing between you and death. Michael PSA used to say there ain't nothing between us but air and opportunity. Like you stand, like you're standing at the edge. Somebody gets, somebody trips as they're walking. Bye. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I, I'll tell you, somebody who I'm not going to the Grand Canyon was Devin Booker. <laughs> He'd be shoving everybody <laughs> over the edge. <laughs> Gone. Or Michael Irvin just blocking out everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's, and that was funny because I was talking to my coworker about that series, and the first analogy I made was of Devin Booker and Michael <laughs> Irvin. So it's funny that you brought that up. No, I brought it up because you just brought it up earlier in the show. No, oh, yes. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about it before you brought yeah, it no, up. Yeah, no, that's what he was, was doing. Like... I forgot I'd even done it on the show. It's been so long. Uh, it was an hour <laughs> and a half ago. Um, yeah, no, I was like, I haven't, yeah, I hadn't seen anybody doing that since pretty much Michael Irvin's running down the field, just shoving dudes out of the way to make his play. Nobody. And the best part was though when Irvin did it that they called the the DPI. Right. The the, the cornerback put his face interfered with Michael yeah. Irvin's hand. Not only did Irvin just shove dude straight up out of the way, he got the call. Yeah. Interference on the cornerback. And the cornerback's looking up like, right, what? What? Yeah. What? I, you see me on the ground over here? What do you mean I interfered? I know they overcall the offensive pass interference a little bit now, but good. That's all I'm going to say. Good. No, I agree. They they call it where used they used to never call it. So yeah, right. It's so they they, 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 they got decades of makeup calls yet. <laughs> no, and it's people like Michael Irvin that they have to start calling it because of guys like that. that that's mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Uh, so what else sports wise uh, have we not gotten to here in July? Man, uh, it's been, well, it's, you know, baseball's been, well, you just had the All-Star break. I watched zero All-Star break stuff. Same here. Zero. You know, you did, I didn't watch the Home Run Derby, didn't care. Nope. Uh, didn't watch the Futures game, didn't care, and didn't watch the actual All-Star game. I may, I think I did check the score on my phone. I don't think, does that count? No, you didn't watch the game. You just checked the I score. I did not. Did, just pulled out my my score app and was like, oh. Okay, that happened. That was about it for me. That was my whole interaction with All Star Weekend or whatever they want to call it now. But didn't didn't watch any of it didn't, and didn't honestly care. The All Star Game was a big deal when we were kids. It's not a big deal anymore. Not at all. Not to me. Because again, the All Star Game when we're kids, that was your only chance to watch some of these players or know who these guys were. That was it. Now it doesn't. 
now you can watch anybody, anytime, anywhere. So the exposure to these players is it's overexposure. So what's the whole point? They, it's yeah. They tried to make so, it a big bigger deal this year with the Otani stuff, right? That he's going to start the game as a pitcher, and yeah, he's going to also be okay. batting and. Yeah, yeah. And, and me, and look, I'm the biggest Otani fan in the world, so if anyone was going to be excited about that, it would be me. But the, the problem, the reason I wasn't excited is because it, it doesn't count. It's it's an all-star game. It doesn't matter. Like, he's going to pitch an inning and, and then bat, okay. And it, in, in the actual regular season, when he's when the stuff counts, he pitches six or seven innings and also is batting, in, you know, three or four times and, and hitting home runs. That is actually interesting not only because he's playing the whole game, but because it counts for something. This is the opposite of that. It doesn't count for anything. And right. also he's not going to play all that long. I, I figured he's only going to pitch one inning and, then, and that's what he did. So no, I didn't watch uh, the all-star game. Uh, the other thing about the all-star game that would always interest me is I would just get so geeked up for the uh, introductions because the individual moment to see these players that usually don't get any shine uh, get to take their their hats and doff them and and get acknowledged by the crowds. I was always into that. I skipped that this year for one specific reason. And maybe you can tell me this makes me weird. Although the answer is no, always that okay. I'm weird. Yeah, I, I expect weirdness. So okay, good. Um, the, the answer with me, the uh, whatever the question is, the answer is always Andre's weird. That that's the, the correct answer to that. No, but this is what I, the reason I didn't want to watch the introduction this year is because I knew that like all four of the Houston Astros had already backed out of the All Star game, <laughs> and I just it made me uncomfortable to even think about hearing those names get announced. I didn't know if they were going to be there um, and and take their acknowledgement, or if they weren't even going to be there. If they're going to, but if they were named on the team and then pulled and then you know pulled out or whatever, I think they would still have to announce them like. Uh, elected to the game but unable to play due to injury or whatever. So I figured their names would still be announced. I just didn't want to hear whatever the reaction to the Houston names are because there's still that Astros hate yes. going around uh, about the cheating and the garbage cans. I saw some of that this weekend. Uh, the Astros are playing the White Sox at Comiskey Park, and I was watching uh, that series uh, uh, all weekend, and they were they they were giving them the business. They were really uh, still jumping on the Astros and. There was a, a, an inflatable garbage can that hit the field at one point. Uh, they blew the hell out of out of Altuve all weekend. Uh, so yeah. they're still getting it. They and deserve I just, it. And yeah, they deserve everything. They deserve take everything it. that happened. You got. And they didn't take away your championship, but you got to take the. You, you got to take the heat. They didn't take the heat. They backed all the way out of the every single Astro backed Man. out of the All Star game and said we're that's, not even going to show up there. A, that's just a chump move. And I didn't even want to hear their names get announced because I knew it was going to be a, a reaction and uh, a, you know the yeah. booing. I just I didn't want to do, I didn't want to put up with that. I, I I found myself over the the last several years more uh, sensitive to situations that I know it's going to be a lot of hateful reaction from fans and a lot of booing and a lot of like in wrestling. I don't watch the introductions to title matches. Uh, that's another weirdness, I guess. But because I know people are going to get booed who are, you know, they're they're just doing their job. They're they're good workers or whatever. Um, like I don't want I don't like to hear people's reactions to other people anymore. I, I don't know what that is exactly. Maybe somebody can yeah, just, uh, figure that out hate, for me. Right? Enough of the hate. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I just don't want it. 
I don't want to deal with it. There's a a section of the population who exists for one reason only, and that is to just suck all the joy out of life. Just boo everybody and everything. Yeah. So I, 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 I I don't, I don't think that that's weird. Okay. I, I, I respect it. Okay. Not the reason yeah, that I would have than... up with, <laughs> but I can respect your your choice. I feel much better if somebody at least understands a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I just I don't I don't feel like putting up with it anymore. Yeah. So if, if you had, uh, I don't know how you were with the betting odds, but I, I think you would have had a long favorite. And made me made some money if you had Nationals Park as the first stadium to have a drive-by outside of it. Because uh... the fact that that hasn't happened yet at like Comiskey or <laughs> Oakland Coliseum, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's a whole there's a list of places I would have expected that to happen before Nationals Park. It hasn't been reported. Let's just put it that way. I'm sure there's been ah, plenty of shootings yeah. outside of yeah. those places. They just I mean, uh, somebody yeah, got shot that was at the game. game. What? Yeah, some uh, one of the people that got uh, hit was uh, was a woman that was in the game, but she was standing oh, outside the stadium. Somebody got hit time. by a so she got hit by a stray. Yeah, yeah, she got. That got was hit a, by, I by heard a it was stray. a drive by. Yeah, it was two guys, uh, two parties in cars uh, shooting at each other. Yes. Well, that's just what a, what a hell of a way to spend a night. It's a Saturday night. Saturday Ooh. night's all right for fighting. I how I, I'm sure they were not listening to Elton John. Uh, who knows? Saturday. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they had that going on in the car while they were all uh, you know unloading. <laughs> These days, at each other, know. hitting innocent bystanders. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Got players hitting the ground. Got kids in the stadium hitting the yeah, ground. Got people. Tatis and Machado letting people into the uh, Padres dugout so they can get them out through through the uh, through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. People in the uh, in the suites hitting the deck and being tied behind tables like they're like it's a shootout at the OK Corral. Um, that that's that's not normal. This is this is not supposed to be happening. Uh, but but there you have it. But that just plays into the, uh, the what I've been hashtagging the summer of guns because there seems to be uh, now with everybody coming out in America and you know, after the uh, the COVID, uh, yeah, it just seems like a lot there's of, more a lot of more up anger. People got oh my get god, everywhere you turn. Go shoot people. <laughs> it's a mass shooting every single day. It feels like. Uh, yeah. uh, there was a, a a maid happened to come across a, a, a hotel room that was overlooking the uh, the baseball stadium out there in Denver uh, before the All Star uh, game, and yeah. just happened to see a bunch of guns and was able oh. to report it and, and and call that in and get the guys arrested before who God knows what was going to happen there. They were, uh, I guess. They were talking about doing a, a Vegas style shooting, like what happened out there. Like they wanted to really cause some some mass terror uh, on, on a national, worldwide scale. And it's like, I know there's always been guns. I know there's always been anger. I know there's always been, but it just feels like more and more and more of it. And it's 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 scary and it's, and it's infuriating because it doesn't have to be like this. Like no other nation has to go through this bullshit. Uh, but but here we are, and it's I don't know where it's going to stop. It just seems to escalate more and more and more. And uh, with this pandemic, it, it's so strange how everything shut down last year, including shooting, including you know everything, because everyone had to the quarantine and whatnot. But you, so you you get over it and you get the the vaccine or whatever, and you get more people out, and, and society opens back up again. 
and it's supposed to be a, a good thing. It's supposed yeah, to be how do we time. celebrate? We shoot each Let's other. Have mass shootings everywhere. Ugh. So it, it's it's kind of disgusting when you think about it. But I, I don't know I don't know what to do about it exactly. The only thing I know is you know be somewhere other than 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 here is basically my only yeah uh, solution I, I, that I've I can been think of. I've been uh, I've been avoiding the urban centers. Yeah. Um, I don't find myself, and not even just urban centers. I'm not talking about like you know deep, like inner city. I'm just talking like general civilization. You know, you just don't know. It's like you're always on alert. No, that's it. Unfortunately, it's people. It's not about urban or, or suburban or what. It's yeah. just people. The more people you're around, the more likely you're going to be right. Well, to be surrounded by some weirdo. More concentrated areas seem to have more mass violence because there's more targets. Mm. You, you know, somebody who pulls out a, a gun and starts spraying in a cornfield isn't going to hit too many people. But if you pull out right. a, a gun in a mall, right, where there's a lot of people, you're going to hit some people. But this was this shooting was obviously I don't know what the beef was, but uh, hey. Um, <laughs> That's your I, I don't, beef. I don't know what the what, what the what the I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. If it was maybe a fart in order of a parking place, was it gang related? I have no idea. I don't know either. Uh, but that's the one thing I did read was that somebody that was hit was a, a young lady that was actually at the game, but was wow. happened to be outside the stadium. Man, this is why you should always stay for the whole game. <laughs> you can get don't shot. leave early. Don't leave the game early. You might get shot. <laughs> that should be the new PA announcement before the game. We would like to remind all the fans <laughs> in attendance today that you should stay all the way through the end of the game or you might die. The new Rob Manfred uh, slogan for baseball. <laughs> Come for the baseball. Stay so you don't get shot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I tell you. Life without baseball is the afterlife. <laughs> he come out with some good slogans for this one. Oh, man. But, yeah, no, I ended up um, reading through all the stuff on Twitter last night about the shooting, and all of a sudden it gets down, you know, what is somebody's post, like, you know, yeah, you just go eight blocks away from Nationals Park. It's that all the time. I was like, well, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> you must know then, if you're there. It doesn't make me want to go to Nationals Park, I'll tell you that. I'm not in a hurry. Yeah. Not in a hurry. I mean, it wasn't before, and I'm definitely not now. You know, I haven't, haven't been over there to uh, – to, we, we keep calling it Comiskey because we're old. Um, I call I, it Comiskey still. I don't call the it hell is guaranteed great um, field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to go mean, to the USO, but that's the old one. I calling it to sell. Right. But it's Comiskey. So it's Comiskey. I haven't been there in, a, in several years, but I guess they're trying to clean that area up a little bit. It's it's trying. They're trying to get more uh, businesses, more uh, you know, where you can actually hang out there after the game. I was gonna say they're trying to kind of Wrigleyville it. Yeah, but that's not a, a bad thing at all. That's understandable because why would you want what what Comiskey has been for seventy, eighty years, which is a place that nobody wants to be anywhere near after the game is over because there's nothing around it. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, they should mean, be trying to attract literally across the highway for all those but, years. But even, right? 
Right, but even before the projects came along, there was nothing around there. After the projects got torn down, there's nothing around there. Uh, the famously, a, a sports talk uh, show host in Chicago got uh, uh, stabbed after leaving a, a White Sox game because there's nothing around there. So if you're walking around the neighborhoods and you, you know, I, I don't want to be uh, accused of being reverse racist, but if you're walking around there and you look like you don't really belong around there. Um, and you wind up attracting, you know, some 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 attention that you don't want, and the guy wound up being, uh, I figured if he, if he was shot or stabbed or beat up, but oh, uh, something really bad happened to him after that after a game, and and I understand how something bad could happen to him because even as a black person, I don't want to be around Comiskey Park after the game's <laughs> over because there's nothing around there. <laughs> I'm, I'm with I, everybody else. I was only um, there once ever. Yeah, I only went down there one time ever. It was that first crosstown Cubs Sox game that, that counted. That's the only time I ever went to Comiskey. It was the new one, and I only went there that one time. Got some cheap tickets, sat in the nosebleeds, and uh, it, it was. Uh, it was I, I was sitting in the seats that don't exist anymore. I was so high up. Yeah, those those the thir- the thirty sixth rows, uh, oh, 20, twenty three through thirty six, which they they had to cut out because they were. So I was high in thirty six. I was. <laughs> All the way at the top of the field, looking straight down at the uh, right field foul pole. Yeah. Like, I felt like if I got a running start and jumped, I would have shish kebabbed myself right on the, <laughs> the foul pole. I was so high up. But, yeah, I mean. Well, and you always uh, talk about the other site that you could see from up there as well, which is. Yeah, right we, were counting the... out, we were counting out the burned out windows on the Robert yeah. Taylor homes. Yeah. Right. Because so. the game wasn't very exciting. I want to say I was a <laughs> 7-2 Cubs loser. I did get to see uh, Rhino Homer, but that was right towards the end for him. Yeah. But, yeah, that was kind of cool seeing Ryan Sandberg, you know, Homer. I, which I'd seen plenty of times, but, you know, go to a – never really – it's the first time I ever went to a Cubs road game. Mm-hmm. The only other time I've – well, I've been to Milwaukee, and but I – maybe – I don't remember – no, I was never at County – I never saw them play at County Stadium. I was only at County Stadium once, and it was for the last football game that the Packers ever played there. Because the Packers used to play two games a year at County Stadium in Milwaukee. And I was at that last game that the Packers played there. So, yeah, but I've, I've seen the Cubs play in the Metrodome, though, too. Ah. Before, this predates Target Field and whatever the other places, uh, something... <laughs> I, yeah, you can't. You know, we we don't need to get into this about how we just like there's no charm in the knowing the names of the stadiums anymore because there just isn't. But I random business you. stadium, yeah, rando name. Insert your name here, stadium. Um, yeah, with all the commercialization of this changing hands every few years now, so the, the, the stadium names are virtually meaningless. I can't imagine being a young kid and trying to keep up with all the, the stadium names now because they, they change every yeah. three or four years. Some of them, they that, that football stadium in Miami had 15 names, didn't it? Because they just yeah. kept changing uh, ownership. But we still just call it Joe Robbie Stadium. Right. Even though it was hard rock and then it was yeah. something else. And, yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know how anyone would want to keep up with the names. of. Yeah, just go back to the old, you know, the Cleveland Stadium was just Municipal Stadium. The right. Oakland Stadium was just Oakland Alameda County Oakland Stadium, Coliseum. whatever. Yeah. 
know, Riverfront Stadium or Three Rivers, just something something that actually indicates the location of where it's at. You know, Veterans right. Stadium in Philly, you know. Uh, the good old Those days. were all the cookie-cutter stadiums, though. Uh, they were, but the names yeah. were actually meaningful and, and memorable. Right. Yeah, now I couldn't tell you. business name stadium. Yeah, I couldn't tell you where the Reds play now. I mean, it's not the Great American Ballpark anymore, is it? I don't know, is it? I, you tell me. I, that's what I thought <laughs> it was. Know. Has it changed? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm sure it has. I, I, if it hasn't, I'm sure I'd be shocked. But um, hey, National Park, that's got a good name to it. It's a great place for a shooting. <laughs> Somebody will buy the rights to that eventually. I'm sure that's only temporary. Yeah. Um, no, I was just kind of chuckling at the one uh, White Sox game that you've ever been to. The one time at Kaminsky Park, you not only uh, haven't only been there but once, but the game that you chose was a Cubs-Sox game. So you basically went there at the uh, highest possible incident of violence. <laughs> you Because Cubs-Sox games, the, the, the oh, 10 or so yeah, that I've been we were... to, there's always a fight. Oh, um, at least, I, at least one. You fight. didn't have the same exposure to Cubs Cardinals that I did. I thought Cubs Cardinals were more testy than, than Cubs. Really? Sox. I the the Sox fans were always they always kind of had that the, the big brother little brother thing going on. Like they always were just trying to like it was like they were there to fight for respect, right? Because they. Were never they were always the second team. Like right? they would draw a thousand people, but then the Cubs would come down there. It's a sellout, right? Just like when the Cubs mm-hmm. go to Milwaukee, it, it was I, it was seemed very one sided. The, the the sort of the you know the antagonism seemed very one sided. With the with the Cardinals, that was pure hatred both ways. Mm, okay, yeah, I, I've, I've never been to a Cubs Cardinals yeah. game. Or maybe oh. one. <laughs> Well, you, you weren't at the one where I just turned around and saluted all the Cardinals fans, were you? <laughs> after we I don't came back, think in the, so. yeah, we came back in the ninth <laughs> inning after they'd been razzing us the whole game in our section, and we ended up winning the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. And yeah, they 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 got the salute, double <laughs> told barrel. Them, told them they're number one. Oh, I told them twice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, those were those were wild. That Yankees series we went to was pretty wild. Yeah, obviously, I can speak to that. The, uh, the that was the right that shit, right that shit down. <laughs> yeah, but and you're in a socks hat too, which is even funnier. Than no, no, no. You a hard... I thought you were wearing. No. Oh, were you wearing? You were wearing Yankees stuff, weren't you? I was wearing a Yankees cap. I was. I was That's the anti-cub. Right. I was the anti-cub asshole back then. I whatever. And we won that game. The Cubs won that. Yeah. Game. That was that whatever. Where, uh, Andy Pettit and the Cubs are playing against Pettit. Um, <laughs> favorite. But I remember we ended up winning that game because I think Joe Borowski picked the guy off first for the final mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Yep, a pinch runner. Yeah. <laughs> Which was yeah, because the Yankees were coming back. Cubs were right. way up in that game, and the Yankees came all the way back, got a guy on first. They're like winning runs at the plate, and they picked them. They picked off the runner at first to 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 walk off, which was pretty cool, but. And so that's why I can uh, attest to how crazy that Yankee series was because when that happened and, and the Cubs won the game, oh on that man, yeah, crazy way. The, the guy that had been heckling me the whole game slapped me so hard on the back that I almost turned around and did something. Oh, like he like really wound up and yeah, how about that? And then slapped me like really hard. So yeah, 
Yeah, that's that, good going to those games, but yeah, it's <laughs> that series was a very special circumstance. So that was the first time the Yankees had been to Wrigley Field literally ever in seventy years. Yeah, since World yeah, Series but, maybe. Yeah, since those World Series games, but that was the first regular season right game or series ever. they right. had ever played. Yep. And that was a Sunday night game. It was ESPN. They had been sauced all day. They had all, you know, sauced all weekend, really. And, uh, <laughs> they they had their chance yeah. to get ready to, to to get riled up for that game, and and they were I they remember, were ready. They were riled. I up. remember calling you up because I had the extra for that game. Yep. And you lived right there. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty. Easy, walked right you know? over there. Yeah. But yeah, the the thought that the Cubs Cardinals series were maybe more violent or crazier than the Cubs. I, I definitely maybe I don't know about violent, but definitely tense. And, and just the, there, there's, there's that rivalry there with Cubs and Cardinals that does not exist with Cubs and White Sox or Cubs and Brewers. It's something the Brewer fans don't get. Cause I think the Cubs are their big, like arch enemy. And like the Cub fans are kind of like, eh, it's the Brewers. You know, they, it's very one sided, the hatred. I, I don't hate the Brewers. Well, it's not like that rivalry existed for You're that right. long. It's the Brewers were in the American League. Even, I, right. They, they, that, that rivalry's barely been going on for half my life. You know, I, I did not grow up hating the Brewers. I didn't even care about them. Right. They were in the other league. But, with yeah, it was the Cardinals and the Mets and the Padres. You grew up hating those teams. Yeah, I can't speak to the mindset of, of Cubs or Sox fans for the Cubs Sox games, all I know is, and I went to Cubs Sox games in Wrigley and in Comiskey. I didn't just go yeah. in Comiskey, uh, but every game I went to, there was a fist fight, at least one, every single one. <laughs> Couple of drunks, just yeah, having at it, huh? Yeah, and yeah, seventh, eighth inning, ninth inning. It, yeah, it was always later on after they'd had a few, yeah. and sometimes it was in the upper deck above me, and sometimes it was down there where I was sitting, and sometimes it was across the stadium you know, on the other side. But there's always at least one fist fight during the Cubs-Sox game, always. So I can't speak to the Cubs-Cardinals, Cubs but I haven't been to many of those games. Oh, man. It's, it's just the kind of stuff like you're talking about with all the negativity. It's like that's the kind of stuff I just don't need. I don't need yeah, to get no, so amped up for a sporting event that I feel the need to punch somebody else because they root for the other team. Yeah, I don't have any need to interact with the fans of the other team at all, at, at all. Right. Like, now, why? I can. I, I mean, I I could if it was like you're having a conversation and it, you know, and it's civilized and you're actually talking to somebody. You, they're just a passionate fan of their team and you're a fan of your team and you can actually talk about the sports and and the things going on intelligently. But when it just turns into man, you guys suck your team shit. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We beat you guys many, 12 years ago. How <laughs> many intelligent conversations have you had at a game with a, with fans from the other team? Uh, I don't think I've ever had that. Very, very <laughs> few. I mean, my wife and I, my wife and I would go to games, you know, and I'd be wearing my Cubs stuff and she'd be wearing her Brewer stuff, but we'd always be going to the games at, at, at the Brewer Stadium. Yeah, I, I, I can converse with some people who were, we would be talking to the people around us, and they were generally fairly civil, you know. And But I was also completely outnumbered in that little area that we were in. There'd be a little little handful of Cub fans, and then there'd be, you know, the Brewer fans around us. But, yeah, I, 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 it could happen. Hmm. Okay. 
I, I, I haven't when I was going when I was going to the Cubs games and I had my season tickets, never. <laughs> right. Never happened. And I'd hardly see fans uh you know, it, it, Sox games anyway, all the Sox games I was going to, there's hardly any fans at all because it's the Sox. <laughs> uh, true. Hardly, hardly any people there plenty, at all. Plenty, plenty um, of good seats available. Oh, yeah, plenty. Um, God, the one time I went to a Sox-Yankees game, and every time Derek Jeter came, came up to bat, there were these four girls right behind me. Oh, who, boy. Couldn't have been more than 17, 18 years they old. Flash every them. time. No, they would. Well, I wasn't looking at them, so maybe they were. I don't know. But when they when his name would get announced, they would at the same time every single at bat that he had, they would squeal and go, "Ah, Derek Jeter, with that New York accent. So you knew, you know, they were from New York, obviously, uh, in town to root for for their guy Jeter. Um, God, that was the most annoying. You know, some things will stay in your head for it. I'm going to be on my deathbed, and I'm going to be ho- uh, hallucinating about so many different things. And one of the things that's going to flash in my mind is, Regina! I'm going to hear that in my in my dreams. Because uh, I can't forget it, because it's been, God, how many years ago was that? 25 years ago. Um, it's a long time ago. So, yeah, the other fans uh, of teams, uh at Comiskey Park, there, there weren't that many, and the ones that were there were just, you know, doing their own thing and being annoying, and, and no, I wouldn't have interacted with them at all for any reason. Okay, well, that's fair but, enough. But that's me. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds like you. <laughs> you'd, and there, I'm, you'd be sitting there with your hat and your scorecard just watching the game. Exactly. I was just <clears throat> just about to describe the fact that I'm, you know, a lone, you know, lone wolf anyway, so I'd be there with my headphones and my hat and, and and keeping score and then not yep. really interacting with anybody to begin with. Yep. Uh, whereas you and your right. wife are there and you're a lot more social and, and a lot more apt to talk to other people. So yep. I understand that. And you'd have that, like, don't fuck with me. Look on your face. That's my look. That's just my face. I keep telling everybody that <laughs> everyone thinks I'm just badass that, that wants to no, fight everybody. But, you know, you've got that, you got that concentrated look, you know, Again, that's just my face. I'm not. So when you think I'm concentrating on something, I'm probably like zoned out and, and playing a Prince song in my head and not thinking about anything. Well, that, that works too. That means you're concentrating on that. You got some purple rain going on or something. I don't know. Well, everybody looks at me and thinks that I'm just badass and wants to kill everybody and beat up. I haven't been again. I haven't been in a fight since second grade. I think I've said that on the show before. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not mean. I don't fight. I don't have any. Uh, I just have a, a, a bitch face, basically. I just have oh, my face looks like I'm bitch face to yeah. everybody. Yeah, that's just my yeah. face. That's, it's not a concentrated face. I'm saying that, that's just my face. That, that's all it is. Um, so, uh, was there anything else uh, sports wise we wanted to, to get to sports before we get out of here? No, I think that we, we we somehow well we always do. I mean, we do this show every day and somehow fill up two hours. But we always. Uh, the one thing I wanted to point out was uh, there's there's a WWE pay-per-view tonight in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Ooh, that was was going it Money on, in the uh, Bank? It was. Um, I saw that on I, Twitter. That's the only way I knew. Oh, okay. I turned it, it off. Like, so I'm, not, I'm not like a closet <laughs> fan or anything, like secretly. No, we you know. know. You're, like you're, streaming you're the, the guy that, that doesn't pay attention, but you know everything that's going on because that's how simple it is. We, yeah. we, we, we're Soap well opera. aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Soap opera. Um, so... This uh, show is in front of people. They came back uh, last was it mo- last Monday. 
was a uh, Parah or well, they've come back in front of people recently. It's been in the past week or so, uh, and all those shows before that were in the you know in the dome uh, with the with the video screens and whatnot. And I remember saying this on the WrestleMania preview show that when they do bring people back in, WWE will not be able to resist continuing to sweeten the noise and continuing to have the fans reaction the way they want and not the way the fans actually want to react because WWE more than any other wrestling league cannot stand their fans having their own reaction to things. They want to book things the way they want to book them. They don't care what the fans think. And boy, was I right about that. The the piped in crowd noise, it's just like I figured it would be. Uh, we got the initials that I really need to uh, incorporate and make uh, a part of the show or something. The I-B-I-H-T-O, which means I believe I had that one. I knew they were going to pipe in the, the, the crowd noise. I knew they couldn't resist. And and anyone who watches and and listens to, to some of the reactions on, on the shows for some of these wrestlers, if you don't think they're piping in the noise and sweetening this shit, you don't understand at all. You don't know what you're watching because there's no way some of these reactions to, to some of these wrestlers were as loud as it turned, as, as you would think that, uh, that it was while watching the show. Uh, I think it was SmackDown Friday night was the first SmackDown that was live in front of people and, you know, since the pandemic. So Vince McMahon decided to walk out and, and start that show, which I knew was going to happen. He has to take credit for everything. And the loudness when he walked out, you would have thought that that was Jesus Christ who came down and resurrected right in front of those people the way they read. I'm like, there's no fucking way in hell they were cheering that loud for Vince McMahon's music when he came out. There's no chance. No chance. No chance in hell. Yes, um, and you picked up on that because again, you're not a fan, but you know all the. But I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know the songs and the catchphrases and everything uh... that goes with it. <laughs> but you're not actually a fan. You're not actually watching. But That's no, they, they're, they're they're still sweetening that shit, and I knew they would. They can they can't resist. They, there's no way they could resist that. Um. That's about all I had. Um, unless you had anything else, I think we're no, gonna skedaddle here. I'm, I'm going dark next week because I'm on vacation the whole week, so I won't be back. I'll be gone pretty much the 25th through the first, which should run that should run us right up to what would be Hall of Fame weekend. Yeah, um, I'll definitely be contacting you and figuring out the exact dates. But um, for those of you listening that already know. Hall of Infamy is going to be around the same vicinity of, of that corresponding sports Hall of Fame weekend. So whatever baseball, whatever weekend baseball is doing, their Hall of Fame inductions yep. will have our Hall of Infamy inductions. I'm, I'm handling baseball this year. through the 9th. So that is for Hall baseball? of Fame weekend for ba- uh, football. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Hall of Fame right. induction itself is August 8th. Okay. Which would be, I believe, a Saturday. Nope, right. Sunday. So that would probably be the night we'll do our show. My guess would be right. that Sunday night, the 8th. I don't know about baseball, because don't we usually do the baseball show first? Yeah, that, that, because they're Hall of Fame usually first. They're their Hall of Fame weekend. Hall of Fame 2021. Okay, let's just... We're both Googling the same thing at the same time. Okay, so baseball... July 24th? Is, oh, it's July 24th. You're doing baseball this year? 
I sure am. Wow. Uh, we will, I, I will be around if you want to sneak that in Saturday night. So what, so when are you uh, off the grid? I leave for vacation the morning of the 25th. And, we'll and I won't be back the until the 31st. So I'm gone that oh, week. Okay. So if you wanted to sneak that in on uh, Saturday night, I could sneak this, that in. This coming Saturday. Yeah, I can do that. I can certainly write it up and then have it ready. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. I, I know I have, I'm looking at my list. I actually have more li- on my baseball list than I have on my football list. But that's probably also because we just started doing baseball. Exactly. Uh, where with football, we're like plumbing the depths of things. To, you know, it always gives <laughs> us stuff, though. It is the gift that keeps on giving because we don't have any five-year rule. Um, right. I, but I'm down to just needing one more for football. So I know I'll pick that up in the next three weeks. Yeah, football. I've got a. I've still got a list of like ten or fifteen guys. If I want to go yeah. dark, that I still haven't covered yet. Believe it or not. Well, the, is, the issue I run into with football is I find myself needing to cross-reference the list to make sure I'm not doubling up because <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. One of us is going to double up on something. It's going to. Oh, that's why I'm going to try up the, the master to. list to try to keep that from happening. We we got a right, master right. list now. That's right. Refer to that and, and make sure to. And then that's just going uh, to be. I'm assuming the master list just gets continuously edited. Yeah, yeah. I got no reason to, to do anything different. So yeah, I just go back every year that we do the inductions and then add on. Yeah, that's why it's but the master uh, list. But I've got four. I got four good ones. I mean, they're all good, right? I mean, we don't have any bad ones. Right. I mean, we, we're not shows, and it's not always dark. That's the one thing I do. You know, no, should always well, for out. me, the it is not I'm, just who I am. But it's not always like. Was that all murder and rape? No. You know, as I say that, as I we have Darren Sharper and <laughs> you know, but hey, dark side of baseball, dark side of football. Vice Network is ripping us yeah. off because they're doing dark side of everything, and we well, were we put, the ones that were first. We, we inspired to, them, but we've also put in some some funnier things too. I mean, that they didn't, yes. they're not all you know. By the way, speaking of Vice, real quick, they added on to their dark family. They oh. started a, a third show called, and all you know, again, right up our alley, Dark Side of the 90s. And their first show oh, was about okay. uh, talk shows. So, Spring. Oh, oh right. So, and we're getting Mari. Uh, Jenny Jones. Yes, Martin Downey exactly. Jr. The, the, they didn't even go to Morton Downey. They, they basically, yeah, I know. How do you talk no, about yeah, you, you cannot have. <laughs> I'm calling bullshit on that show right now. You cannot have a show <laughs> about the dark side of talk, like these '90s talk shows, and not have unless unless that was '80s. It started in the '80s, but okay. But you, no, I I actually agree with you that to ignore Morton Downey like, as if he had no uh, yeah. uh, influence at all on is is that was sort of like the genesis of all of your Jerry Springers and Geraldos and Sally Jesse Raphaels and Jenny Joseph. That was that, right? They talk about uh, everything as as a, as a genesis, sort of leading up and eating on each other. Um, yeah. But they ignore the whole Morton Downey part of it, which, which was definitely a, a gross over. I, mean, I remember, I remember watching that show. Oh yeah, I mean, it was. You knew it was over the top. You knew it was fake. But you, if you're going to talk about uh, Geraldo and getting his nose busted by the Nazis, yeah, the skinheads, yeah, as part of the uh, the ginning up of the of of hatred and 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 inflamed yeah. passions, 
but you're going to ignore Morton Downey Jr., uh, then you you definitely did not do it right. I, I I enjoyed the show, but I always did think something was missing and wasn't telling really the whole story. They were focusing more on Springer and and the the guy that uh, that killed the the other guy on on the Jenny Jones show. Right, uh, and that's that's oh that know, was the, the guy who came out as gay with the secret crush thing. Exactly, and, and then just gets I, murdered. Right, then the guy killed him four years later. And, and I understand focusing on that because it's, you know, sensationalism, but you really, it was an hour show. So they, I guess they had to cut some stuff out and they had to ignore some other angles, but they completely did not mention Morton Downey Jr. once. And that, and I knew something was missing even when I was watching it and you, you know, came right out and said, Oh, Morton Downey Jr. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a pretty big part of, of, of talk. That's so, radio so, that's talk. The, so yeah, so that you, Right, that's then you're like, that's what was missing. I knew something was missing, and that was exactly what was missing. Because Morton Downey Jr. is a huge part of, of talk shows and why they sort of devolved. What they were focusing on was more on uh, Phil Donahue and how Jerry Springer came out and wanted to be the next Phil Donahue. Yeah, because at the beginning, the, the Springer show was pretty legit. Exactly. At the it was tame. It turned into a circus. Yeah, it was very exactly, tame. exactly right. And so if you're still interested, it, it is not a complete story uh, because Morton Downey Jr. is missing a pun, as, as well as some other people probably. But uh, if you do want if you do want to check out the show, they do uh, talk about Springer being legit when he first came out. And they yep. basically tell the story of why they went dark uh, the way that they did, um, which is basically because they were getting canceled and didn't care. And then they went dark. It and, has something to do about the money. It's, it's always so, about the money. About the uh, they money. were getting – yeah, basically they were getting canceled, and the producer said, "You know what? We're getting canceled anyway. Let's go out and, and let, let's have fun instead of doing what yeah. we're trying to do." Um, and then the ratings went up, and they said, "Wait a, wait, wait a minute! Wait, I think we're onto something here." Then uh, that's basically how that happened. Um, so yeah, yeah, dark side of the of the '90s after dark side of the ring and dark side of football. So Vice Network is is doing dark everything, and yeah, it, it's. <laughs> Their, their shows They've, are basically really good and well produced, but yeah, it's maybe a little short on some detail. Yeah, and there's going to be, especially for people who lived through it, right? If you're 25 and you don't have the same perspective as somebody who lived through it, this is all new to you, right? Or news to you, sure. you know. So I get, you know, I don't know what their programming niche is, you know, what they're aiming for, like demographically. But obviously, if you're in your mid 40s and you, you know, grew up through the 90s, you know, I mean, that was, those were my teenage years. Um, so that's that's right in the wheelhouse for watching that stuff. Yeah, I, I can I could expect for people who lived through it and remember things in detail that like yeah, like you like, yeah, something doesn't. It's like it's good info, but it's not telling the whole story, and you're not going to get that in 44 minutes. Yeah, that's the, I think that probably is the reason why stuff like that would be missing is just the the con, the, the hour long content of the of the show is you can't fit right. everything in. And that was and that's a topic too that's pretty ripe for dark side stuff. So oh, definitely. that could have probably been like a two parter. That, that could be a mini series. Nineties uh, yeah. talk shows, shit. That, that you could do uh, eight shows on that alone. But, but really. Springer was the granddaddy I mean, in that era that was the big one right that was oh yeah that was the one that took everything to the next level we don't have anything like that now 
No, the uh, the taste for that I think kind of spun off. Uh, they, you know, what yeah. they point to is uh, all these reality shows that we don't watch. But there's a very similar thread with those about you know you got the women pulling hair, you got the uh, you know sort of trailer trash or the street oh, trash yeah. or yeah, you got you know, your, screaming your at each other and, and housewives of whatever. And, right. So there's a very know. similar uh, thread when you talk about looking at people doing this on on your TV screen and going, oh God, look at this trash. At least I'm not, you know, whatever those people are. Basically there, the only function that those shows had was to make you feel better about yourself because you could, you know, look, point at them and laugh and go, wow, I'm not that guy. So they they point that out as a very similar strain as basically the the, the evolution, if you will, of what Springer was. And so for that, I definitely have to give them a thumbs up. We're going to give them thumbs down for, for not being as detailed as they could be and, and, and com- completely omitting somebody like Morton Downey Jr. But you do have to turn and give them a thumbs up for, you know, pointing that arrow and saying from the, the trash that you saw in Springer here, now we have real housewives of Atlantic city or something. And it's basically the same thing, which is look at these losers. At least I'm not like them. So there is that. All right. Well, yeah. Um, oh, so here, I, I'll, I'll give them a pass because the Morton Downey Jr. show, just so we know, it ran yeah. from '87 to '89. Ah, so it never did. So make it, it the 90s. didn't make it mm, into the okay. '90s. So we, we we can give them a pass, but to not even get a passing mention, they didn't even mention it at all. So, but yeah, I, I'm not aware that it didn't get to the 90s at all. So that that is good on you for doing the research. Yeah, well, it's um, called. I did a quick Google search. That's that's what research is now. <laughs> when we were kids, research was where's the encyclopedia. We don't have to do that anymore. Times have changed. I, I do what, like this. Uh, Washington Post has an article because I was looking it up, and it's an article from 2015 that basically the title of it says, "Why we're all just living in Morton Downey Jr.'s talk show now." <laughs> Pretty much. Zip I mean, it, zip think it, about zip this zip country it, now. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I have to yeah. go pull some clips of that on YouTube. I bet you those are out there. Oh, oh man, I'm, I'm sure they are. And he's had his own documentary out there. I, I watched that years ago. So it's not like he oh, doesn't have. That. Oh, there is definitely a documentary about him, and he is. Uh, he was. He was a. Uh, he was even more of a thing than than we knew. Let's just put mm-hmm. it that way. <laughs> piece of trash. Um, uh, piece of piece of work. Like piece okay. of everything. Like he, he wanted to be a singer. Let's just. Uh, that's just one of the small things about him. Like he's actually trying to be an entertainer. Like he wanted to do it all. So. Man. And okay. stopped at nothing to try to get there. All right. I'm calling it a night. All right. We, we're over we're into the after after show. We don't have any theme music again. We we go we're the we're the kings of non sequitur. We go as long as, as as we wanna go and even longer sometimes. Um so yeah, we have uh decided our next show and it's gonna be in a week, in less than a week. Uh this coming Saturday night, July the twenty fourth. Get ready. The IMLD. Baseball Hall of Infamy inductions. Induction season is upon us, and we are going to get it on this coming Saturday. I will have your baseball inductions for you, and I'm looking forward to writing that up this week. And we'll be here, 9 o'clock Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern, out there for our buddy Lou in New Jersey. 
uh, coming up on this coming Saturday. So get ready, and, and we'll be back here for that. Uh, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Thank you all for listening, and come back and join us Saturday night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.